Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast and this is the show you've all been waiting for, I hope. Uh, this is the culmination of the biggest, the bestest, the most exciting round of the Cheap Shots Challenge yet. It is of course round seven and the theme, Graham, is... The theme is landscapes and that has been a very popular theme. It has, hasn't it? It has. And as I sit here with a screen full of uh, pretty awesome images, actually, for us to review over the next four and a half hours or so, listeners, <laughs> 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 you might want to pace yourselves on this one. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's a guesstimate, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a guesstimate. I suspect it'll come in a little bit more than that. Um, so, uh, yeah, as, as I sit here full of uh, anticipation, I can only say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the entries are awesome uh, in, their, uh, in their number, uh, in their quality, in their diversity. Um, awesome. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Anyway, uh, without further ado, um, Rach, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm very excited to actually um, be part of the be part of this round, and uh, yeah, can't can't wait. It, uh, as you know, it was uh, all a little bit last minute for me, shall we say? <laughs> um, no. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the home lab was uh, was basically uh, operating at about uh 7:45 as we were about to uh to start recording um and having our conversation at 8 so uh yeah i i got it, i got my shots in with a few minutes to spare <laughs> right to the wire so, yeah. right to the wire yeah, well right you know the that's the important thing is you've turned up with shots and two out of I three did. of us have done that so i know what's happened aid what's happened oh uh, well i sent my uh sent my two rolls of film for this challenge uh off to the lab uh a, a time ago um and unfortunately they just haven't arrived back and I, I was pretty convinced they'd get here by Friday. Yeah, and this is a download, you know, for a scan. So I was pretty convinced I'd have the link by Friday. And it just hasn't happened. And so I expect we'll get I'll get them tomorrow. But that's a bit too late. So we might uh well I'll tell you what we do. We we uh, we've been discussing offline before we hit record how to deal with that. So there there it may not be entirely a tale of where there may be a, a happy ending. We'll see. We'll see. But um uh, as I said, two out of three ain't bad. Um and Graham, you're one of the two, aren't you? Yeah, I am only partial spectacular failure on my shots this time. I'm just <laughs> intrigued, actually, by something you said. When you say you sent them off a time ago, when did you send them off to be developed? Oh, over a week ago. All right, all right, I'll allow it then. Yeah, you should have got them back by now. Um, no, I got mine done and developed, and like I said, only half the roll was blank, so this is a success. This is a real success <laughs> for me. Um, and yeah, I am staggered by the fantastic entries we've had this time. Uh, more than twice as many people have got involved uh, as in any previous uh, Cheap Shots Challenge, which is absolutely brilliant and does present something of a logistical challenge to us. Um, uh, but don't worry, we've got this definitely handled. Um, and we have got a fantastic fantastic gentleman in to judge the pictures today uh the second guest we've had from the lovely classic lenses podcast a man with such bad gas he's created the windy city uh welcome <laughs> to the show johnny sisson uh, thank you thank you very much I, I, <laughs> great introduction i i am very excited to be here with y'all it is fantastic to have you here Johnny. absolutely fantastic um so 
I know we've got a lot of listeners who are fans of the Classic Lenses podcast, but for people who are not already familiar with you and what you do, can you give your listeners a bit of a background on what you do and where you work and what kind of stuff yeah, you're interviewing? Sure. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I work uh, for Central Camera Company in Chicago, which is uh, right downtown, uh, kind of in the heart of of Chicago's downtown area. Um, it used to be back when I was a student in that same same part of the city. Um, there used to be about a dozen old school camera shops right in that vicinity, um, and you could just go in for hours and look at used gear. And you know, every they everybody had amazing stuff. So all those are gone. There used to be probably I don't know twenty five or thirty camera shops in the Chicago area, um, and we're now essentially the last old old style uh, camera shop in Chicago. Um, it's also the oldest. It's it's been in operation since eighteen ninety nine, which actually makes it one of the oh I think three or four oldest in the country that is still in operation. So it's a um, definitely a unique place. Uh, it, it, I mean, people people come in from all over the world, um, and a lot of them are specifically they have central camera on their their visit list while they're in Chicago, which is just amazing to see. Um, so anyway, it's it's um, it, it is very much a um, a place that you know we have new equipment, we have digital equipment, but it's it's really the the used gear and the film gear is really I would say kind of the heart of what makes it so unique. Um, we do have a huge uh, film counter where you can buy film. We also do, you know, processing there. We don't do it on site. We work with a lot of different labs, but so it's, it's, it's kind of a, um, a pilgrimage place for a lot of people and for people in Chicago who do, um, film photography in particular. Um, it's, it's kind of like a second home for a lot of them. So have a lot of regular customers and people that come and see us every day. And it's, it's just, um, it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, it's it's all it's all day long talking to people about photography, which is really cool. Um, so anyway, I've been there uh, a couple of years. Um, was a customer there for years and years and years before that, um, and it somehow managed to end up there. I'm still not quite sure how it happened. <laughs> and um, you are, you also do a lot of your own photography, both digital and yeah. film stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But landscape not not your first love um a lot of the stuff on your website uh is more um well as it says on the website it's documentary and editorial and you've got some beautiful performance art stuff so what kind of stuff do you like to shoot i, I mean i to me i guess what I, it's urban photography i mean if i had to mm -hmm. talk about what i did every day i mean the documentary and stuff is more if and when these days i do any paid work which i don't do as much these days um but that, that that's what i sort of did do or did professionally, but what I do for myself is is really just I'm a pedestrian with a camera, you know. So, and my particular landscape is really cityscape, and um, I guess because Chicago is is so flat and the Midwest is so flat that um, even even though it's a city, and I, I'm I'm thinking of you know when I've been to Europe and 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 Ireland and so forth. You know, you're you can be in a city and not really see the horizon, and and that's really not true in Chicago unless you're kind of surrounded by buildings, um, you know, taller buildings. You're not seeing a horizon, but I mean, it, the horizon is pervasive everywhere in the Midwest. So, to me, um, you know, I do the city photography. To me, is uh, to me my form of landscape. I would say, and it's maybe uh, a similar um, uh, thinking 
to landscape photography. It's just the landscape is a little bit different. Um, and I, I even think it's interesting that there's maybe some examples of that distinction in uh, some of the shots that we're going to, mm. you know, talk through that were submitted. So, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really think the best way to describe what I do is I'm a pedestrian with a camera. I mean, I take pictures mainly coming and going, um, going about my business while I'm walking around the city. It's pretty rare. I mean, you, you know, I'm an American, so we don't go on vacation. I know that all of you folks are probably on holiday right now because it's August, but we don't really do that here. So I, you know, mo most of the time that I spend f photographing is, is a commuter and just kind of walking around. And every once in a while, you know, I'll get a, a week where I, I, I go somewhere in the world which happens once every three or four or five years, and then I'm actually doing like photography. But most of the time, it's just I'm just everyday life with a camera, you know. Got you. So you've got a couple of shots. Um, you know, as you have, most of your stuff is not at least on your website of of the natural surroundings because that's not where you're out and about. But you have yeah. got a couple of nature shots on your website, and they really highlight the kind of thing that you're into because they're essentially they're pictures of blur. I mean, I'm sure it's really nice blur because that's what you guys do oh. on the classic lenses podcast. Sure. So let's talk about the classic lenses yeah. podcast. Sure. Um, for anybody who hasn't listened to the classic lenses podcast, what I think it is, is it's a Korean North Korean funded podcast to promote the idea of Western decadence, um, whereby three gentlemen get on every week and talk about all the money they spent on practically identical <laughs> lenses, which I don't think they ever actually shoot with. Um, does that sum it up quite well? Yeah, that's perfect. You just, you, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's otherwise, uh, known as the gear acquisition monkey uh, camera, you know, uh, lens hour, I think is the other way to say it, who Graham are, uh, uh, I, I thought, rabid that's, acquisition monkey. Rab, there we go. Rabbit acquisition monkey. Thank you very much. Um, which is, yeah, that's a pretty fair description. Actually. I, I so, will say that I will say that I have to say that I am the worst. I am not the worst of the three. The other two, Carl buys eight lenses Carl. during each podcast. Carl clearly <laughs> has a problem. Carl, Carl really does have. Problems. Carl's self control is like eleven minutes, and he's bought a lens. It's just it just it just doesn't he he just doesn't have it. Um, so, so to give people an idea of what you're benchmarking yeah. here, could you could you tell me? Let's make it really specific. Yeah. Let's just go with one lens mount. Let's okay. say like a thread mount, and let's go with one lens focal distance. How many 50 millimeter like a thread mount lenses do you have? I'm going to guess one because that's all anybody needs. Um, I'd say two, maybe. <laughs> yeah, two. Okay, yeah, two. That seems fair, Rach. One or two. How many, Johnny? Uh, hold on, I'm looking behind me. And... <laughs> oh my god, you've got a count. Yeah, I got a count. Uh, well, I, I have a lot of lenses I don't use. Imagine oh, that. Yeah. I, almost all of them, I would imagine. No, but I mean, I have, you know, I have a buddy who, who, ha, who, in, who used to have a sort of camera shop in the city, um, who actually, his business is photo booths. He's like the, the photo booth man, like in the world. He refinishes them all. But anyway, he would, you know, he, he would do some stuff at his camera shop. And anyway, he was closing out his shop. And I bought, I'm not kidding, I bought like 12 into star fifties or something like that. Just something stupid. Cause I was going to give them away to people and I've given some away, but I still probably <laughs> have made of them. So, I mean, I have a lot of lenses. I have no intention. I just kind of pick them up. I mean that, okay. To answer your question, probably 20, but let me, but let me, let me preface by saying the ones I only actually use, you know, two or three of them. Um, and, 
I probably own I own multiple copies of some of them. <laughs> so that that's my gear acquisition monkey thing is that I'll, I'll if I like a lens, I'll just keep buying them because someday <laughs> it won't work or someday it'll it'll need service and it'll be cheaper just to use the other one. So so okay, that's, now listen, that's my ter- got- that's my terrible um, admission right there. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I I get it because I'm a bit like that with cameras as well. Yeah. I do like okay. Although cameras have more moving parts and they're more likely to break than lenses, so that makes more sense. Um, yeah. Unless they're Russian, you know. Well, true, true. Um, can you explain or not explain? But I said I listen to you guys every week, and obviously the whole point of your podcast is to talk about these lenses. That's what the show right. is about, and that's what people tune in for. They're not tuning in for. Um, other content, um, although they frequently get all sorts of waffle, especially when you get Hamish on. Um, right, right, right. But um, what the thing that I always think about because it's uh, audio things. When you're choosing your lenses and and when you're going out and seeking out all these lenses, what is it that these are bringing to your photography? Because it sometimes seems to me like you got so much choice. How are you actually managing to yeah. get out the door when you're yeah, picking sure. from all these well, things? But but here's the thing. I've used this year if i look at if i if i look at what i've shot this year i've used like four cameras you know what i mean and i've used like four lenses yeah so i so i i've most of this year i've shot two primary cameras a canon 4sb um and a canon p and that's i haven't used an slr yet this year you know, I mean, it's like, I, and I have some point and shoots I carry around. Oh, 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 and my, uh, the Petri, but that's a fixed lens, you know, range finder, which is a little bit different, I guess, because, you know, fixed lens. But my interchangeable lens cameras, I literally used like two cameras this year. So, um, and, and I've used mainly just a 35 LTM lenses. So I've essentially used like three different lenses and two cameras most of the year, you know. So I, I, I guess for me, you know, um, I started the year shooting primarily the Canon 4SB, which I, I love that camera. And I didn't really have a proper 35 millimeter focal length lens for it. So I had like three uh, Jupiter 12 lenses. And this is winter. So it's like, you know, it's cold. And I'm trying to shoot these lenses. And I'm like, how the F did people in the Soviet Union ever use this lens? Because it's like winter there all the time and the grease is frozen and I have gloves on and I can't turn the aperture ring. And then the whole lens is like loosening up and unscrewing off the camera because I'm trying to turn the focus ring. So I, I, I fought with the Jupiter 12 for, you know, January and February. And then I finally got a Canon uh, 35 2.8 Serenar, the older, you know, 35 and that's beautiful, and I and I I love that on the Canon 4SB, and then I got a Canon P because um, I wanted something a little bit different, and um, I I got shortly thereafter the Canon 35 f2 rangefinder lens, which to my way of thinking is one of the best lenses I have ever used, and that's that's pretty much lived on my Canon P since I got it, and I you know. So now I'm trying to get more of that lens so that I've got at least two or three of them. <laughs> what are you doing with these lenses that you need to have so many of them? Are you just smashing them against <laughs> your head the whole day? No, right. you know, it's just, they, you know, they, they're old. They're 50 years old. They loosen up. They, you know, um, they have some imperfections. I don't expect them to be perfect. But, I, you know, they're going to loosen up over time and I'm going to need to get them serviced. Then I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I don't have, like, the lens that I really love. I, I don't want to be without it. So I need at least one backup, you know, if I get that service. Because, I mean, I really need to get 
I have a lot of cameras that could use, you know, overhauling and so forth. And I'm, I'm reticent to do that if I'm going to be without the lens that I really love using, you know? So that's why I usually try to end up, if I find a lens I really like, I try to get two copies of it, two good copies so that I've got, I've always got the ability to use it. So, I mean, most of my, most of my, um, rabid acquisition monkey behavior is really centered around it's things I'm going to use and it's stuff that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, exploring flavor, let's put it that way, right? If I have a 50 millimeter lens and I know there's another 50 that renders differently, I'm really curious to try that other lens out to see how it looks. So a lot of it is just about the whole process of, you know, trying things out to see how they affect the image. Um, and that's that I would say for me, that's that's what it is anyway. And that's why I say I, I'm not as bad as the other two crazies because, you know, they're just crazy and I'm, I'm a user. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put it down to, um, being a user. I, I don't buy quite as much. <laughs> it's still quite Did anybody much. believe that? Did anybody no. believe that? No, I don't know. Did you hear the silence, Johnny? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't the, think that worked. The, the mental image I have is basically, it's, um, Smaug from The Hobbit on his pile of gold, except it's you on the pile of lenses. Um, that is what I'm thinking of right now. Okay, I have to ask, and I realise this is a bit cruel because it's the whole premise of your podcast, but do you think that in this age of um, a lot of people coming into photography who have got perhaps more disposable income than they arguably have time, right. uh, that more time is being spent on looking at different lenses than perhaps thinking about the content that people are shooting <laughs> with those lenses. Um, I, uh, yes. How's that? For an <laughs> um, no, I, I, th I think that's, that's, that's true. And again, in, in my own defense, I will only say that um, I've, I think I've used a digital camera once this year. Um, and uh, actually the, the, which the, photos that you mentioned the landscape quote-unquote landscape photos which are really just bokeh shots of garbage you know like weeds um <laughs> i you know i do that i have done that in the past it's really not something i do much anymore because that stuff was shot digitally really exploring a few like really super fast lenses you know um i do very little of that kind of photography because i you know i mainly shoot film and what idiot shoots you know, lenses wide open on film at f 1.4 or 1.2 because you, you're never going to get anything in focus, you know. So I, I really don't do very much of that style of photography at all. Um, so but I but I think especially for the, the classic lenses group, I that is like what people do. And I'm actually kind of the I, I'm, I'm actually like the troll of that group now. I'm like the admin troll. <laughs> for our own Facebook group, because I, you know, I don't really enjoy that style of photography all that much, and I really don't do it very much myself, and I really don't honestly enjoy most things I see that are shot digitally. So, um, I yeah, I'm kind of the I'm just kind of the cranky troll now when it comes to the 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 classic lenses Facebook group, and I try to be the cranky troll on the podcast. Uh, I think no. you do a pretty good job. Okay, I, good. I, that's good to hear. I think it's a nice. It is one of the nice things about photography as a hobby, though. Uh, it is that there's so many different aspects of it. Everyone can find okay. their thing. And if your yeah. thing is, I really like the way lenses are made, and I like the way that they make the smooshy mess in the background of the stuff yeah. you're supposed to be looking yeah. at. <laughs> um, yeah. If that's your thing, yeah. you know what? That's all right. That's fine. Absolutely. Um, 
And um, even though uh, all the digital shooters buying up the old lenses has pushed the prices up on everything, <laughs> and that's a terrible thing, and you're definitely making that worse. Um, so yeah. should we should we get back to actually with the business at hand here? Yeah. Landscape stuff. What do you like in a landscape shot? What kind of things are you looking for when you see when you're going out and looking at what's going to draw your eye? Power lines. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd known, I'd a lot more with that. Oh, you didn't Simon warned you? Didn't Simon warn you? I mean, I figure okay, you have me on this show. First of all, it's August. You can't get anyone else, right? I mean, everybody's locals <laughs> on vacation, right? but certainly, surely, Simon warned you that that having Johnny on to do landscape photography was an absurd idea um, because I'm going to bring my own absurd viewpoint <laughs> to what landscape photography is. Um, and it, I think it's fairly absurd. I mean, I, I can, I can tell you how I, you know, when we go through this sorting, how I, how I judged what, um, but no, no, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I um I do I mean uh, joking aside yeah power lines because you know why I I la to me landscape photography I mean th th there's I guess you can go out of your way to try to find pristine environments and to me that is so not the world we live in <laughs> and um I, so I don't know maybe I, and having grown up in the 70s and 80s I think probably the you know the whole uh, approach to photography that's probably very kind of American, which is the whole, you know, new topography movement kind of thing where it was, it was very much about, um, the American call it, uh, American wilderness that happens to have people in it, which is kind of what the USA is. It's like an occupied wilderness. Right. So, so I think that traces of people in the environment are, are interesting to me and they always have been. And I, I, I do think it's a little bit, you know, people will go on these absurd, trips to try to get out somewhere where there's there's nothing and to me that's just not it's really not the world we live in and most of us don't have the resources to get to those places so i i guess i you know for me landscape is um a personal interpretation of the environment that probably you live in and it may be the environment you visit that it you know it may be that but to me i think that the 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 landscape photos i connect to the most are a very personal kind of interpretation of where people inhabit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of great examples of that in, in the submissions here. And so, so to me, that's really what it is. And that's what I look for is, is, um, is someone showing me a landscape that they feel emotionally connected to. And I, and, and that to me, that's all of photography. If it's not emotional, what is it? You know? Um, so I, I, I that's what I look for. I want to find the private, personal vision of someone's world, you know, and I and and I think that the best landscape photos do that. That sounds like a pretty good starting point to go from. Well, um, if you guys are already, should we make mm. a start on this? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do so, it. so the listeners know. Um, most people, as we asked, submitted two entries, and then uh, what we do is collated all them together sent them off to Johnny to have a look at and then Johnny has gone through and so we've got one he's picked his favorite from everybody so we've got one image from everybody that we're going to go through and look at um and we're going to go do it in uh, alphabetical order so um Aaron Alfano uh, which I, I mean the perfect name for beginning at the beginning of any list is definitely going to be first um and Johnny you're going to let us know 
which of the two pictures you picked as we go along so we can look at them with you. Um, sure. All of these pictures are on the Sunny 16 website already because they're organized. Um, I think a couple of them are missing, but they will all be there when you go and look at them. Um, I'm not sure they're in alphabetical order there, but they have all got the information of who shot them and what camera they're on. So you'll be able to find all that stuff there. Just go to the Cheap Shots Challenge tag and you'll find it there. So you can look along, read along whilst you're driving. That's probably don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no don't do that <laughs> and as last time because he did such a good job last time aid is going to give us an audio description of every picture as well so this is gonna i was perhaps one of my favorite parts of this, this whole yeah, thing this is great <laughs> okay um so well let's start off with aaron alfano uh which picture did you go from for from aaron johnny well Obviously, the first one, because it has power lines in it. If you look at the upper right-hand corner, you will yep. clearly I see three this. power lines. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, there we go. All right. So I should describe that then, adding to the mental image of the power lines. They are very faint. So this is a uh, – actually, this is a panoramic crop here. It's, it's about oof, two and a half to one ratio, I expect. Uh, and the top half is sky and the bottom half is uh, green, uh, I guess, swamps, uh, but with a wooden fence because there's a sign that says caution, alligator habitat. Looks like it's been shot by the, by the colours, very warm, looks like it's been shot either shortly after sunrise or just before sunset. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's no, no evidence of an actual alligator, but there is a sign, so beware, don't cross the fence. Yeah, and just so people know, this is uh, the Vivitar IC101 that was used for this. So that's actually a plastic panoramic camera, which you are yeah. so fond of, Aid. Oh, are we supposed to lovely... talk about the cameras as well? Sorry. My oh, no, I'm just mentioning what it is because you said, yeah, I'll just mention it. Um, so this is a perfect start, Johnny. The man from the Classic Lenses podcast in the first picture is a plastic lensed camera. What do you think of this one? Well, why do I? Wait, hold on. I want to look up the IC101 because I think I know which camera this is. And hold on, I'm just doing a quick Google here. Uh, also, a quick question yeah. because yeah, sure. I, I think I think the um, the person who submitted said that there was the little blob in one of the shots that was originally the alligator as well. That oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's in the other one. Uh, <laughs> there was a oh, blob in the other one, which is allegedly an alleged alligator. An alleged alligator that's <laughs> moving slowly through the dusky morning, and that's why we can't see it. Um, no, I love plastic cameras, and I love I, I am a panoramic camera junkie actually much to my um not to my benefit where i work because i like all these cameras that the old school camera guys think i'm a fucking nut that i want to <laughs> even touch them so so i i have a um you know one of my favorite cameras is a plastic uh ansco pix panorama which is just a crop 35 fixed focus panoramic camera. So I love this format and I love those type of cameras. Um, so maybe that's the reason I, I, I liked these, these particular shots so much is certainly the, the crop. Um, but what I liked about this one, I guess, is just now the second one is a much more conventional, let's call it landscape photo, right? It's got a lake, it's got a vista, it's got a horizon. The first photo has a fence all the way across. There's not a gator to be seen. It doesn't particularly look like gator habitat to me. I've been to Florida. So I'm like, where are the freaking gators? You know, there's this big <laughs> fence here. So I, just, I thought it was just kind of funny. It's like you could throw that gator sign anywhere and this could be any place, you know. It's just cows in the field instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the gators eating all the cows or what, yeah. you know. So 
<laughs> so I, I, I thought it was the humor content of this one to me. Maybe it's just funny to me, but I thought it was kind of funny, funnier than the other shot, which is much more conventional uh, panoramic shot. And one of my judging factors is indeed, um, is it unconventional when it comes to landscape photography? So is it interesting and unusual? And I thought it was a, a bit more of both. Um, because it's just a, a completely split composition where you have no entry into it. You have a big fence blocking you. So I, yeah. I kind of like that. And the sign is just really funny. So, Yeah, I cool. really like the composition of this. It's, it's, a, it's a very strong, very bold composition, isn't yeah. it? Uh, that's what yeah. I love about it. As you said, it's split in two. And the position of the fence and that sign and the small patch of the lens which manages to be in focus was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think it works really well. It, it makes for a very strong composition and, and that yeah. alligator size is just in the right spot. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Either of you guys want to say on that one? Uh, no, agree with all the above. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, I've already mentioned what I was going to say with that. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the colours actually. They've come out really well. Did, yeah. you find the, um, did you find the camera, Johnny? You were Googling. I, I did. Yeah, it's a plastic piece of junk. I mean, it's, you know, I, <laughs> I like my Ansco because actually this one has a 35 millimeter fixed lens. The Ansco Pix Panorama um, uh, has a 28 millimeter fix. So it's a little bit more wide angle, you know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but no, this is great. I love crap cameras like that with the, just the little, <laughs> the little like blinds that flip in to, to crop the, the, the photo. I love them. It's a quality thing. Okay, next up is Alexander Davenport. Which one did you go for here, Johnny? Um, I starred the second photo, which is um, oh, should I describe it or is a? Uh, I... uh, you can describe it. I'm sure Aid will happily relinquish describing duties. Uh, I don't <laughs> okay. mind either, either way. I'm easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you want to describe it and then I can so I picked the second one which okay is the one all right that... I'll tell well I'll tell you what I'll give it a shot and see if uh, and, and, and see what people think okay so this is this is interesting for a landscape because it is in portrait orientation uh it, it's black and white uh and uh, it roughly it's in thirds so the top third is sky um uh but there's not a lot of detail in the sky because it's been exposed for the other two thirds uh, the bottom third is your foreground, which has got some long grasses, and the middle third is of a uh, a, a lake or a pond or a swamp or uh, or something, um, and uh, it's interesting in a way because of the balance. So so this this um, it reflects the water surface of the water reflects very much the the tone of the sky, and so you've almost got sort of four bands where there's grasses that are dark and then water and sky which are light. Um, yeah. It, interesting to uh to to look at the the geometry of this one yeah 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 i mean i i thought it was a you know it's a very conventional well other than the fact that it's it's a in portrait mode which I, can we kind of say that generally all landscape photos are in portrait mode are a little bit unusual right i mean it does mm -hmm. it yeah. does break the yeah. you know it breaks the general thinking that you're looking at it you know a panorama of some sort but so i like the fact that it's in portrait i like the fact that you know, a third of it is sky and most of it is foreground. Um, and it is very divided, as you said, into kind of kind of three parts. Um, but it's technically it's a very nice black and white image also. Um, it's just it's really it's really well done. Um, and I, I like the you know, I like the contrast that that water area kind of brings in against the grassy, reedy stuff in the first third of the image. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's lovely. Nice tones I, I think... in it as well, isn't yeah. there? You know, yeah. you can really see in the textures yeah. um, that you've got the different textures makes a difference, I think. And this uh, good looks nice and sharp as well. It was shot on the Canon FTB, which I think stands for full time BH. Um, the only thing I wonder <laughs> is whether, <laughs> whether um, a yellow filter might have given the sort of the sky a bit more depth. Yeah. There's a few clouds mm-hmm. in there. That's the one thing that sort of pulls my eyes slightly. And if the clouds were slightly more defined than that, but um, no, it's a, it's a lovely shot. And uh, yeah, I, because of the shape of the lake as well, the the portrait. Um, aspect really works. And also, I like the fact that it's in a little frame, which mm-hmm. I, you know, and that's a small thing, yeah. but it, it shows the picture off well. That's yeah, the last one. Definitely. Okay, next up is Andreas Person. Which one are we looking at here, Johnny? Uh, I was looking at the second photo, which um, has the kind of the mountains, snow capped mountains. Uh, first of all, we're on Mars. Let's just make yeah. that clear. <laughs> is a, it is a picture from the Martian surface surface of the martian planet um uh and i so it's the one that has the kind of fjord the red the the red you know the the yellow fjord traveling up the center of the photo is it the one that also you can see the the numbers from the backing paper because it got oh i had noticed that yeah it apparently got baked in the sun oh yeah up in the sky yeah Yeah, see it now sure the Um, fort i don't know i missed that but that's yeah okay uh... this Sorry, go on. Uh, no, it's, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, go take over my descriptive role. It's um, it's it's uh, very very uh, very red, very orange. There, there you go. Yes, he's clearly friends of Elon Musk, isn't he? And he got a first ticket on the flight to Mars, um, uh, where apparently there is both snow and water, and um, so so that's good news um, for when we kill off this planet. Um, the uh, actually, I uh, uh, so I, I I like this. Uh, one of the things I like about it is that it's kind of split halfway down the middle. Uh, um, yeah. In the, the yeah the sky, and there's some good there's some good interesting tones and shapes in the clouds. Um, is the top half, and the bottom half is is the uh, I guess the the landscape itself. So with a fjord running down the middle. So again, it's one that is the, the there's definite there's very definite sections to this uh, image. Um, and uh, I like that. Yeah, they've got a sort of leading line there in the fjord, which uh, comes all the way to the to the bottom edge of the photo um, uh, mm-hmm. and into the right hand corner as well. So, uh, yeah, it's um, clearly clearly the film has seen better days. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was wondering if that was an intentional. I mean, it says it's Lamography Color Four Hundred, and I don't know that that co- that film is like a pre-shifted color film, like Redbird or something, right? No, um, it's not. It's, it's actually, yeah. it's actually pretty, pretty normal. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Um, as Graham was saying, it got left on the dashboard and baked in the sun accidentally for a couple ah, of days, apparently, yeah, um, okay. which created the um, color shifts and, and things. And, and like you were saying, Graham, because obviously you'd seen the images, but uh, I I hadn't seen them until just now. Um, but uh, it's really worked in, in his favor, in Andreas's favor for yeah. uh, for giving this this incredible kind of like space type landscape it's it's just um i think it's just beautiful it's it sort of looks quite painterly to me i think as well yeah. um mm. like some of the um uh maybe like the mondo artworks that kind of that kind of thing um you know or um uh what's uh, what's the uh, the video game um the oh gosh i can't remember something watch what's that one graham overwatch there we go it's, it could be you know sort of like a uh, a landscape from something like that i think it looks very much like a landscape from no man's sky they're very big on oh, red there, like okay there we experience. Go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I, it actually made me um, think of something else that was, could call it part of the my judging or whatever, but the images where the uh, recording medium, the film in this case, um, adds something. I mean, this would be a very different image if this was a straight non extreme color kind of shifted image it would be it would still be a good photo it would just be it would be much more conventional right mm -hmm. so I, so I, so i and that's something if you look at these images as a whole there are images where the film itself is is making the image to some degree right where it's like it's adding something that's completely um additional to the landscape itself and that's i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing but it's certainly notable and in this case i mean this is a really one of the more extreme examples of that i thought of all the images you know presented yeah absolutely it's um i think in this case the the medium that it was shot on has transformed it from being a lovely picture of a landscape into something that actually is uh, yeah. it is a piece of art um, yeah <laughs> it has texture it has uh, yeah and I, I love it for that it would be nice without the without what was done to it but with it it yeah. is something quite special on that yeah i really like that okay next up is angela solis our good friend angela my very good we friend angela actually because she yeah. just sent me loads so and loads of film and a zine and and yeah and 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 of course a whole bunch of omgs which i'm munching my way oh. through <laughs> Was, not the camera it. right i see i'm thinking omg i'm thinking the camera uh no these are the uh, the chocolate uh candies that we were discussing right. earlier oh the ones that yeah the yeah. tariff the whole tariff i can't get them in the u.s because of the trump tariff yeah yes yeah. yeah okay so which one are we looking at here johnny um i was looking at the second image which is the one with kind of the um let's call it the the foreground space that's relatively open and then kind of a path through Mm -hmm. um, some underbrush and a little bit of like lens, yeah, that's a yeah. lens flare, rainbow lens flare, kind of right dead center, almost in the in the image, and a ridge line in the background. I've just described the whole image. Sorry, that's <laughs> all right. It's it's good. Oh, what can I add? It's it's, uh, it's some not some nice colors, some some sort of yellowy greens in in the underbrush. Uh, that's an interesting word. We don't have that word really in the UK, but I'll use. I like it. <laughs> Uh, it sounds so dirty when you say underbrush. It does. I was just going to say. I think that's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, that's why, why we, we don't, don't have it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's why. It's definitely a vulgar American thing. I get it. Yeah. It's just the accent. I think is I'm not very good at an American accent, so I'm not going to embarrass us all by trying. So. Uh, uh yeah uh it's uh yeah it's it's it, it's the the light is doing in it is doing something to the 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 sand or the soil in the foreground as well which is giving it a, a very warm pink almost magenta uh color to it which i quite like it it it, it feels it, it feels like it's warm uh, this this is mm -hmm. a, this is a warm sunset um and uh and it feels wildernessy i wonder if anybody any, any of you had any thoughts on what's made those tracks because i was like yeah. are they bicycle tracks or are they you know they could be like little snake tracks or something which is which would be cool that was cool. one of the things i noted about this mm -hmm. image that i kind of liked it like it's one of those images where that the first glance is really nice and then the longer yeah. you look at it the more. so yeah in the foreground very kind of prominently there are those kind of i i i thought that they were probably like they look too wide to be bicycle tracks so i figured they were like like mo motorbike almost Maybe? or something and oh, how far away do you think she was? I don't was, know. 
I mean, maybe it's a snake on a bike. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to go with bikes. That would be an interesting <laughs> shot. <laughs> Goddamn snakes on this bike! <laughs> but you know, it's it's that little like reference to a, a tr- us leaving traces somewhere yeah, in some uh, fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and another one in portrait as well. Another mm-hmm. uh, yeah. one, another one. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I, again, funnily enough, as we were saying about the other one with portrait, the one thing that is that because most of the shot is really the cameras handle the exposure really well, but the sky is mm-hmm. a, a complete whiteout. But nice bit of lens flare though, and the ektar which was used for this has has done a lovely job with those colours. That film really has. Uh, yeah, lovely shot and yeah. lovely little trick water there. Yeah, the 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 foreground would be that sand would be straight up freaking purple if it was. Uh, Fuji, Fuji, Fuji film. Yes, it just yeah. does, I mean, it was it, it was yeah. purple, <laughs> but it, it handled it really nicely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Next up is the shot from Daniel Marinelli, Dan Dan, the half frame man, as um, uh, nobody calls him, um, <laughs> from Half Frame Club. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this one, Johnny? Quite a different one from anything well, we've seen so far. Yeah, and and actually, this is really funny because, but prior to the start of the show here we had talked about the fact that this photo i didn't see the notes on it and all i saw was the title of the photo which was just a number straight out of the camera or something um or from the scanner and i did not know this was dan's photo dan is actually going to be on the classic lenses podcast tomorrow Oh wow! Um, oh, you better be nice I, about this. Oh, no, right? And I and, well, he won't hear this. He won't hear this until after. So I say. I was going to say this guy yeah. afterwards. Very yeah. Graham. So it's right, all right. good. But <laughs> I actually, I I know Dan fairly well. I was one of the when he started Half Frame Club. I was one of the like the first. I'm an OG Half Frame Club member. So I was one of the first people that submitted to his his Half Frame Club Instagram group. Um, I, I he just put a zine out, and I know I have some shots in there. And I've actually met Dan. We had a beer here in Chicago when he was in town. And just a, he's an awesome guy. He's a lot of fun um, and, and really passionate about about half frame and photography in general. So um, it's super cool to see that his that this is actually his image. Um, so now I'm going to crap all over it, Dan. Sorry. It's, <laughs> totally, it's, to me. OK, so to me, it's not a landscape. It's landscape in the sense that it, it's Somebody a, landscaped his yard. Yeah, it's right. It's orientation. Like, which probably for Dan, he this is probably an in joke, which I really like. It's like there's a little stone border, and I'm doing the I'm doing someone else's job again here, but describing the picture. But um, it's a land, <laughs> and, and, and it, it is a landscape, as in the man-made landscape of a probably a residence, which is kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, more landscaped than landscape. Landscaped, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as, as the professional horticulturalist, I'll just say that for the listeners, what it is, it's essentially a picture of a, a plant border with um, some a big agave and some smaller agaves and sort of a lot of succulent plants in there uh, in a very hot and sunny place with some massive light leaks splashed yeah. across it. Yeah. Uh, like first shot of the roll, uh, it looks like, with that the especially that edge on the on the left where it's completely uh, blown out which is great so I, I love the overall impression of it you know and i i, I like that it's t- to me it, um maybe let's throw an idea out there is a landscape photo a landscape photo if it doesn't have a horizon and this this very much does not have a horizon it has di- levels i mean there's a foreground and sort of it's all very close right a foreground middle ground and a sort of a hedge background um but it's a it's a landscaping photo. 
And, and I quite I quite like it for what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. That sounds good. Sounds good. All right. The next one is from Dean Lastoria from the bright, sunny, tropical look to a nice black and white image. A very different scene here. So, yeah. A, do you want to, come on, A, we haven't oh. had an A description for a yeah. while. Okay. I keep, I keep so. jumping in and doing it. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> sure. Well, this is, uh, there's a shoreline of some kind. Um, I would say it's a lake, but there looks to be some sort of big cargo ship in it. So maybe it's some kind of ship canal. Um, unless and, unless I'm misinterpreting what's in the middle of the frame there. But then in the foreground, uh, there's a park bench um, and there's a, an older person sitting. Can't tell uh, who it is because their back is to us and they have uh, a little uh, sort, of, sort of wheelie zimmer frame shopping cart type thing to keep them going. Um, uh, around uh, all of the, the, the top and both the sides are, are framed uh, with trees. Uh, so it's, it's obviously a carefully chosen... Uh, composition because uh, it's certainly with framing in mind um, and uh, as you look into the distance in, in the middle of the frame you have clouds and some some hills or mountains sort of uh, fading to grey and in the distance on the other side of the lake canal whatever it might be bay it's a bay it's a bay i can tell you that it's uh, a bay yes. that makes more it's sense than... english bay it's an English bay, is it? Oh, it's right. called English Bay in was... Canada. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, okay, uh, yes, of course, because you wouldn't need to call it English Bay if it was in England. But the... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, clearly a, a, a careful, a carefully chosen composition uh, in black and white. Um, there's plenty of tone in it. Um, there's, there's not really met much in the way of hard white or hard black in it. So, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, okay, there we go. There's my description. If you had a certain other member of the Classic Lenses podcast on today's show who might just happen to be from the UK and is probably on holiday this week, um, that member of the Classic Lenses podcast would point out that the horizon is significantly crooked. I was going to let go. I was going to let that one crooked. go. <laughs> no, no. Not significantly enough crooked that it was intentional. Now, that member of the Classic Lenses podcast would not know on first glance because um, – well, anyway, that the description says gave a box. So I'm assuming this is an old gave art box camera, which yes. to me says, OK, I'm going to totally let go the fact that the horizon isn't straight, because how are you going to know that with that camera? There's no way. Um, I'm only pointing this out to talk trash about Simon. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It has no bearing on the actual outcome of the photo. So there's that. No, I, I like the way that there are trees bordering three out of the four sides of the image. So you're kind of looking through this tunnel of foliage to the, you know, out, out this, this, this bay or loo or whatever it is. And this person you're sharing, you're sharing the view, the sort of view vantage point of the person in the photo. So I imagine the person in the photo is kind of seeing the same scene from, you know, 20 feet forward and looking and noticing the same thing. So it's kind of interesting without a person in the shot, it would be, uh, a really different shot. Mm. Yeah. I also wonder what it would be like if it was flipped the other way around because it's it's backwards, isn't it? It's backwards. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder how that would affect how we look at it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I It'd noticed be interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it is back there. You can see on the right side of the image. There's. It looks oh like it says, yes. Yeah. It says I think cafe. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's definitely backwards, and it would be a different composition if it was mm. sort of right to left, wouldn't it? Yeah, and, and the waiting being on the other, on the other side, and um, I, there's there's sort of like interesting arguments about 
when you wait a shot um, at a particular point in the frame, um, which feels more natural, um, whether being left-handed or right-handed, uh, or whether we read, um, you know, sort of um, left to right as we as we would here. But obviously, not everybody reads left to right, you know. So mm. that there's certain ways that we perhaps um, Western eyes would would maybe see a shot, um, and it might be slightly different if it was weighted in the opposite direction you know mm. yeah what yeah. what i like about this is looking at that um person sat on the bench just clearly very relaxed looking out and enjoying the view kind of makes me feel like i'm looking out and relaxing and enjoying the view by proxy <laughs> it's like oh yeah this is clearly somewhere you just go and oh yeah i really like it. and i really like the composition as well yeah. um with the bench super in that, chilled I mean, aren't they super yeah. chilled <laughs> got the bench and the mountains in the background that's yeah just a really nice really nice shot that one Lovely yeah. stuff. Yep. Okay, next up, uh, which one did you go for from Dustin Cogsdale? Oh, I, yeah, I I went for the I. If we're going in order, it should be the second one, the bluish, the more blue one. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely okay. shot. Yeah, so this is uh, this is either a Polaroid or a square Instax shot. Um, and... it's a po- I'm going to say it's Polaroid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's Impossible it, Project. Okay. It yeah, says, it's says right. X70. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Maybe I should do some of the reading rather than just looking at the pictures. Because <laughs> all of these things are named with what camera they're shot on and what yeah. film and stuff like that. But I'm just going with my, yeah, going with the feel. Okay. So, so uh, we have here, uh, yes, uh, an instant, a square instant photo. It is of, uh, it's shot from the bottom of a waterfall. Um, and there's uh, so so a lot of the composition actually is rocks. Uh, there's a, at the very bottom. There's there's the pool at the bottom of the fall. It looks like it might have some long exposure. It might have been a long exposure because uh, yeah. the the water is quite streaky rather than uh, in in a good way, <laughs> but it's quite streaky rather than um, sharp. Uh, so it, it looks like uh, it could have been a long exposure here. Um, it does have a, a lot of blue and purple, so this is clearly not um, the real colours, as it were, of that particular landscape. Um, it's difficult to tell whether it has a horizon. It certainly has a top of the waterfall in the top left-hand corner, and you can see what might be clouds in the background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I don't know if that meets the brief for you, Johnny. <laughs> no, I, um it's a picture of the landscape. I I, 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 would, I do think it's a little different than a straight up landscape photo, but it's it's a landscape photo. It's, I mean, it's the landscape in this place to me. When I looked at this, I thought someone is standing at the bottom of a like a, a cave, basically. Um, so I thought it was actually a really interesting shot. And, and it's a shot where, again, um, the medium it's captured on adds something significantly more to the image than it probably would be on its own and the fact that both images were shot on uh i'm guessing different impossible project film but you know because the one is more of a sepia kind of look to it i think that would um, be the black and white yeah, yeah 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 and i i like this one i thought that the the black and white one is just a little it's a little muddy as far as what is there anything it's just almost like an abstract painting you know mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. this one there's clearly like the water streaks from a you know falling water that is mm. kind of a time exposure, um, and the, the that little bit of sky above, which I like that feeling that you're kind of standing down in the bottom of, you know, a cavern or something. So it's a very impressionistic uh, photo. It's sort of an emotionally impressionistic photo, which to me, um, 
you know, speaks a lot and, um, about the, the overall, my, my like, you know, the reason I like the photo, I feel like it's a very kind of, um, a sensory emotional kind of thing. Um, mm. Cool. It's got a very nicely balanced composition as it well. Does. It does. It's, yeah. it's really, yeah, I really, is instant photography a thing you're into yourself, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, the, part of the reason I kind of like this one, I my um, my parents uh, both worked for Polaroid in the 60s, so I'm kind of a, I grew up, literally grew up with Polaroid crap everywhere. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, to me, instant photography, it's like, ugh. I just it's just in like in my DNA or something. I mean, I just I grew up with this stuff. It was everywhere. Um, and my dad literally sold Polaroid cameras for a living. So we had, uh, shall we say, lots of sample film uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> um, so I so I and, and Impossible stuff looks really different color wise than that stuff does. Mm -hmm. But I still just love the medium so much that mm. yeah. you know I I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. It just it just it like hits me in the gut because it it's just so familiar in a certain way to me that kind of instant square photo polaroid thing can i ask a quick question about the camera just for listeners who are obviously because yeah. we mentioned the fact that it's an sx70 and they're generally a very expensive camera and obviously be, with yeah. it being the uh, cheap yeah. shots challenge um graham can you tell us a little bit about that was it a donation or was it um uh, do you find no, it for, in yeah, the I charity shop for free or something cheat here rach is that what it is you think it's, it's not no, a cheap that, shot that wasn't what i was saying i was just thinking i know that they are obviously quite an expensive camera usually and i was like oh i wonder if um they could tell us which charity shop they got it from because mine doesn't work <laughs> no I, I i can tell you but you're you're not gonna you're not gonna appreciate it so uh dust dustin picked this up from a thrift store for Four ninety nine, four dollars ninety nine. Wow! Put the address of the thrift shop in. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> it's it's in the states, I'm afraid, oh, somewhere. Damn. So, um, <laughs> listen, Dustin, you know, send some of these our way. But... Yeah. So I, I I will say that um, it is not unheard of for people to pick these up still over here, really cheap, because there were so many of them. I mean, mm. people had these by the bajillions over here. So it, it's not as quite probably as uncommon to find in the States still at kind of like charity shop sale kind of thing, garage sale. Um, if they, by the time they made it a camera shop, yeah, forget about it. I have them at the shop and they're $250 because we mm -hmm. check them in if they're working. That's a yeah. rarity at this point, especially a sonar, you know, which is the autofocus one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all bets are off once we, somebody like us gets their hands on it. But if you can find it still in a shop somewhere, that's, oh, it's good for you. Good on you. you and you and Dustin's doing a great job with it as well, hasn't he? So yeah, I don't begrudge him so. at that at all because oh, he's I, clearly, I he's clearly you, like, got <laughs> yeah. from it. what's that? Sorry, Graham. I, said, I begrudge him. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. And on that uh, note, two very yes, two very. Oh, sorry. Did you want to take a break, Aid? I think yeah. So on on that note, it is time for us to take the the first of what will probably be many breaks in this show because there's still how lots. far through are we? Are uh, we even like a, a third of the way through? Oh, no, you're, you're no. having a laugh, aren't you? Um, the uh, no. So we so we had how many entries? Graham, forty-two, I think, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, yeah, and that's number I seven. We've just people. been through. So, oh, wow. so yeah, so we're yeah. we're just warming up. You know, this is this is yeah. the yeah. yeah, this is the uh, act one. You know, setting the scene kind of thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh. Quick break uh, and straight back in then. Absolutely, quick break.
And we're back from that quick break and on to the next entry, Graham. Yes, next entry is very different from the last one. This is from Fraser Yule. We've got a couple of shots from the air. Which one of these two fairly similar shots did you go for? I have chosen the um, the shot that clearly answers the question, was this person indeed in a hot air balloon? When I the shot? <laughs> <laughs> the so I... Yeah. The first shot is, to my mind, a better shot because it has this great line kind of in the bottom third of the image cutting it in, in a, into thirds, and it's a perfect composition. But for the purposes of this conversation, I thought we should talk about the fact that it has a balloon shadow in the mm -hmm. other image. Um, which Actually, no. You know what? Let's talk about the first one. It's, it's, a, it's a really great image. The only reason I wanted to mention the balloon was that there's a certain type of photographer and i'm not i'm not meaning to be mean to fraser here but um i had a friend who was um well let's call her an heiress she was an heiress to an american shoe manufacturing company um and had the means to do a lot of traveling and and she would always tell me she was um uh, high maintenance that's the only way i can describe it um <laughs> but <laughs> just a high maintenance person but but she said she her thing about photography, she would like like she liked to critique my photography a lot. And she told me that her specialty was that she photographs glacial blue ice. And, uh, you know, which is notable because to, in order to, to photograph glacial blue ice and to be a quote unquote specialist in that, you have to have the means to fly to like Iceland and hire a helicopter to fly you out to a glacier so you can take pictures of blue holes. And... <laughs> So one of, one of my one of my things about landscape photography I kind of mentioned at the start is not everyone you know if you if you read like National Geographic the secret is buy lots of National Geographic gear branded gear and take trips around the world you know um, and not everyone can do that so I I really kind of just wanted to riff on that a little bit uh, <laughs> and that was the only reason I brought up the balloon and the glacial ice thing but the the first image with like I was again describing the whole image but i love this shot um and i that's as much as i'm going to say i'm going to let the professional professionals describe the shot <laughs> well I'll, I'll give it a go it's certainly very colorful um it, the whole of the frame is of the ground uh, because we're shooting from the air so as you say it's an aerial shot it is uh it's an arable farming uh, area so there are hedgerows marked out by trees uh, and occasionally in the scene there are some farmhouses on, and, and other buildings uh, and as you say from from the top left to, to somewhere near the bottom right there's a, a little winding country lane that cuts the the scene uh, into thirds um, I mean to me this is instantly recognizable because most of my country looks like this um, in mm -hmm. fact I think if I squint I can see Graham <laughs> is he one of those trees hanging on for dear life <laughs> oh. he's out taking some blurry photos with a crappy plastic camera somewhere i don't know i'm sure, sure he's in there somewhere though but i love the colors because yeah the fields the, the crops are different colors from from a very warm yellow to right the way through to cooler bluey greens uh, and some that don't seem to have grown much at all yet so and what i'm wondering if this is taken sort of late springtime i don't know but there you go uh it's clearly taken a, at one end or other of the day not least because that's the only time you can go ballooning but uh, because there's all the hedgerows have long shadows which which actually for me add a lot to it because it, it gives it uh it gives yeah. it much more contrast and you know it, it really makes it pop yeah 
Yeah, and I really love I... those trees that are sort of sitting yeah. in the middle. Sorry, Johnny, I didn't. Yes, no, that you're saying exactly <laughs> what I. No, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> and and they just look like. Um, well, you can sort of see where the farming equipment has gone round them as well. So almost like a little mini crop circle, but just sort of around the little trees, which is very yeah. cute. Yeah, it's like right dead center. You've got the yeah. shadow of that tree and this kind of brownish patch of field surrounded by green. It's just the contrasts are are really lovely. And um, it's this, this is one of those images that Americans just love because it's so romantically kind of, you know, UK or something. Um mm. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just really nice. I mean, it's, there's so, there's so many lines and lines going in different directions. So there's a, it's like, there's a commonality to it, but a lot of textural contrast as well. So it just, it works really nicely. Should we check? Yeah. Was it the UK, Greg? Do you know? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, yeah, it was. <laughs> just in case. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm phrased up in Scotland. So I, uh, I'm not sure where right. that was taken, but yes, it certainly is. Um, yeah, I think. It, for me, it's it's almost like an abstract study of um, textures and patterns and and yeah. color tones and um, yeah, I I really like it and it's just it's a view that you, as you said, unless you have the opportunity to be up in the balloon or something similar, you're just not going <laughs> to see. So it's really nice to see the world from a different angle and yeah. it's um, very cool. Yeah. Okay, another. I love how different all these entries are. So the next one is a, a lovely triptych from Graham Young, who, unlike Dan Dan, the half-frame man, did manage to shoot this one on a half-frame <laughs> camera. Um, and I think got a really cracking result out of this. I think it was about the only decent result out. He got, he got out the whole camera because the rest of the roll was a bunk, I think. <laughs> well, so, so that might explain. So it looks like there's there's some sprocket holes on the front, uh, the top of it. Or or something. Is there a story Rogue's that goes Rockets. with this film? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, the Graham, is there a story uh, that we I'll, know I'll about? I'll have a look. That way you can I'll, get. I'll, I'll keep describing it. it. So what we've got here is a is a low lying, very flat wetlands, um, taken in a triptych. So three portrait uh, aspect um, uh, frames, half frames, uh, stitched together in a triptych. Um, and uh, in the foreground and actually filling filling most of the three frames uh, is some uh, suspiciously clear looking water um, and then the horizon is right near, near the top uh, of the three frames uh, so horizon just because we mentioned one previously slightly on the skew if um, <laughs> uh, but you know some places are like that you know <laughs> so, who am I to judge and at the very bottom of all three frames is is some um, some water plants which are just poking up which is nice because it gives it uh, it gives it a mm. little bit of extra three-dimensional yeah. stuff if they, were, if they weren't there if yeah. they weren't there it, it would be lacking in some way I think yeah and that the fact that they descend as well across the the frames you've got more of that foreground vegetation in the left hand frame and then it's kind of like they just sort of disappear out of the frame but yeah. they edge it really really nicely i think it, it does mm -hmm. offer kind of almost like i don't know whether it, they've used flash to kind of like bring bring those out because they almost look like they're cut out don't they and sort of stuck on the front mm. when you look at the second two especially you know out of context of seeing the fact that there are three that go together you'd be like oh where, where have they come from <laughs> very cool mm. 
yeah, sprinkled across. Mm. Sorry, and, Graham. And also, yeah. No, no, just and it's it, for an in-camera triptych. Um, he's done a really good job of positioning it as well. It's it's worked really, really well. I I can never do stuff like that because my eye is too wonky. The fact <laughs> he's managed to get them all lined up with this little little viewfinder balloon um, camera is very impressive to me. Mm, yes, because yeah. by the looks of it, there's absolutely no cropping here because you've got the same sprocket holes across the top of each of the three frames and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's obviously straight out of camera. Yeah, yeah, I, it it caught my attention immediately because I I'm a half frame junkie and <laughs> um, I, I I love shooting diptychs and triptychs in camera uh, because the, and that's why because you basically it, for it to really work as one piece of film you have no cheating you know I mean it's just whatever you did to line it up in camera is all you get so yeah. I I've I've done a few of these and it they're not they're not easy to do um, and so that I was impressed by the just the, the pulling this off on a technical level and i just like the image quality too i mean i you know i'm just a sucker for this sort of thing so this immediately was one of my favorites of the uh the whole stack um but it's yeah it's a beautiful image and it's another thing i think about with landscapes is like is this a place i would lo- like to visit personally and I, I i'd like i'd like to be in this environment it's very nice yeah. it's riparian it's riparian <laughs> are you impressed with my my American English. I know the word riparian. I just, I'm, so I'm afraid I, d- I don't know that word actually. <laughs> Are you trying to say repairman? Because that's that doesn't seem relevant. <laughs> I feel like it looks like you're you're on some kind of an adventure, aren't you? You know, if you're there, stood in the middle of this kind of like swampy water, and but like looking out over over that over that landscape, you'd be like, ooh. Where am I going to next? I'm not sure about this. Yes. Scary monsters why, in water. And why did ah. they leave me all behind? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm a photographer and it takes me twice as long to do anything. Uh, <laughs> yes, I get that a lot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, great. Sorry. Um, from the uh, lovely swampy waters where there might be alligators, we don't know. It's down in Atlanta. There might be. Actually, I can't remember where Graham is. He's probably not Atlanta. Anyway, to a lovely wheat field from Hillary. That's the next one up. Okay. I love about her gin, having a, too many gins and then going for a walk. I love that. <laughs> that explains the angle of the horizon, yeah. <laughs> which is steep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, it could be on a hill because that's a thing that can happen. So sometimes horizons aren't straight because you're on a hill. That's that's a good. That's a that's a very generous thing for you to say. But all the yeah. stalks <laughs> of all, all the stalks of all the crops in the foreground and the midground are all leaning <laughs> over to the sideways. So, so I tried, I, Hillary. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 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 it, I, I think um, uh, I'm not sure what camera it's been. A Voigtlander Vito B. I think maybe it, some of the gin got smeared on the lens as well. <laughs> it's, just, it's a it's a lovely blurry photo. Although the the very very foreground it's actually got some 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 sharpness that really adds yeah. something to it so i'll, I'll yeah. try and describe it so we've got here clearly here a field of um i don't know what that is is it wheat graham uh yes we think it is because it looks like the picture from the weetabix boxes okay so uh, <laughs> okay there we Glad go the horticultural expert uh, we're um, not sure it looks so, like a picture so this is ra- a picture of some raw weetabix <laughs> still in the field um and uh it's it's green uh, in the foreground but in the background whether it's because of the sun or whether it's because it's it's changing color because it's the season uh it, it goes to a sort of you know golden yellow color which is which is fantastic at the back uh, a line of trees and then 
and some sky above. Um, but uh, the thing that really impresses me is that is that it's it's only the very foreground that's that's in uh, that's in focus. And for me, that gives this great depth. But it's almost it, my eye keeps coming back to the few stalks the, the, uh, of wheat that are in focus. And I keep sort of looking at them thinking, yeah, actually, wow, it, I don't know. My eye wanders all over it and then comes you know, sort of right back to those. I think that there's there's really something in this. Uh, it's it, it, I could look at this for ages. Yeah, so it's a, a very evocative image, um, a very kind of emotional kind of color muted, you know, which I, I love this image. This is one that I flagged as one of my favorites, actually. Um, and the, it's tilted so far <laughs> off that it's totally acceptable to be to me to be tilted that far as opposed to be just a little. And you're like, is yeah. that landscape crooked? I mean, this is clearly crooked. So it's a Dutch it's, angle as opposed yeah, to exactly. they very, didn't put it on a tripod. <laughs> very much so. Very much. And it, but it, but it works because it's like, I'm lost. I'm sort of lost in this moment in this place in this field I and mean, it's like you know it reminds me of q hans zimmer do you have the hans zimmer music that you can cue from um from gladiator he's almost dead he's almost dead and he's like walking through the field and he's he's touching his fingers across the the wheat and he's about to enter the gates of elysium right it's like that moment where you're just kind of like lost in this uh um kind of uh agricultural you know, landscape place or something. It's uh, really uh, it, Yes, very much like that, yes. I, I <laughs> thought it felt like it was somebody who was walking through the field and decided to, like, bend down to look at all the detail of, mm -hmm. the, of the wheat itself. So, actually, that might well be the angle that you would be at. Yeah. They uh, love this one good, yeah. over at uh, the, the Classic Lenses group because it's just, like, it's like bokeh, you know? <laughs> That's true. you got to uh, yeah. have that, so... Yeah, for for me the angle that it's shot at it actually makes makes the picture. I think if it had been a just a, you know, uh, the totally. horizon level, I don't think I'd have liked it as much. But also, I just think pictures of wheat fields are really really awesome and <laughs> generally should be up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Great. More on that okay. later, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next, we've got two very different shots from Jacqueline Louis. So, which one did you pick from these two, Johnny? Um. W was tempted to pick the one that uh, looks like it has the Star Wars walkers in it. Uh, <laughs> yes. but, but I picked the more conventional, yet very well done, cityscape. Yeah, that's a real cracker. It's just massive, this massive cityscape with this amazing glow. Sorry, I'm doing it again. No, no it's 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 great. Actually, it's it's very um, it, it it's almost in some ways what you expect from a sci-fi movie. So this is clearly shot from the top of a, or near the top of a very high building because they're taller than most of even the tall buildings in this cityscape. Uh, and again, it's a slightly unusual composition in that actually the 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 lower the, the split is at the half waypoint rather than a third. So the lower half is the city, and somehow something about the light. I don't know if there was a storm coming in or something, but yeah, you know, the the city just sort of fades away to white, which is in, incredible. You couldn't, you, you it, almost impossible to imagine it. I suppose in some ways that that, that light could do that, but it fades away. Um, and then there's a bright band uh, at sort of the the middle the, the the third quarter up, and then the top quarter is is, is dark cloud. So I think there's a storm and there's bright sunshine in the distance, and and it's been exposed for for the buildings that are covered by the storm clouds. But then it's sort of off into the distance to somewhere much brighter. Um, uh, a cracking shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love this. It, it is a just a beautiful shot, and the balance of the shot and the, the camera and the film has captured it really well. And the, the just the composition is uh, spot on as well. It's yeah, a cracker. Yeah, the, it, also I like that. Um, I noticed that it shot on XP2, Ilford XP2, which I, I really like that film stock. And it's it, it's an interesting film because it's really not very forgiving for overexposure. It will blow the highlights. Uh, and they will block up, but it kind of works totally in the favor of this image um, because it, that's what makes it for me is those blown out, you know, just blown highlights. Um, it, it's just a great look overall. And even the kind of the tone of the image has that Ilford XP2 look where it's not, you know, monotone. It's got a bit of a color cast to it. Mm. And it's kind of this w- w- warm, warm looking cast to it at the same time. Yeah. Does, is XP2 the C41 film? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get the disposable camera um, yeah. loaded, ready with XP2 as well, which is which is a, is a useful one to sort of like have if you introducing yeah. somebody to it for the first time. You'd be like, you can literally just drop it in, <laughs> you know, wherever you need, sort of thing. Um, this reminds me a little bit of um, when I went to Shanghai because the. Um, the, the landscape, you know, with it disappearing, as you said, Aid, out into the sort of like the white and, and how the light looks with that. I think, yes, clearly there's like a storm cloud above, um, but there was a level of like, I guess, you know, smog or something, you know, but in, in the kind of like a white haze that hung over the city. And it, it looked quite like this, um, I think. So I don't know where this was taken. Do do we know, Graham? Uh, it's, I'm going to mispronounce this. It's in... Kao Sung in Taiwan. Oh, oh Taiwan. However. Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. I had to try and pronounce that last time, I remember. Yeah. Ah, yeah. well, yeah, maybe it's a similar kind of, you know, thing then, I, do, I, I guess, you know, over, yeah. over the city. Yeah. Um, quite okay. dreamy. Mm. Yeah. Next shot is, uh, again, a big shift. Uh, we're going from that cityscape to Attack of the Mutant Blobs from James Hart, his <laughs> hand-rolled Vericolor 3 in his uh, very old Kodak Brownie 2A. Do you know what? When I when I was a kid uh, on BBC2, I expect, there was this American series from, from the 60s, I think, called The Invaders. And uh, it just seeing these blobs, yeah, for some reason, <laughs> reminds me of that. And I think in the colouring as well, because it's very blue-green, um, yeah. uh, and it's interesting because the sky has got almost a, a very similar blue green to in, in the top half of the shot as the uh, as the water, the lake in the bottom half of the shot. And so what you have is this sort of infiltration of a thin line of green um, uh, with, with, I think, what looks to be a, a, a small island in the middle of the lake with some trees on it. But then the, the far shore in the, in the distance. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, cl- clearly a, a, a film that has... Um, has had some colour shift, <laughs> maybe through time. I don't know. I don't know what Vericolor Three is. Is that the name of the camera, or is that the uh, the film itself? That's the film. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever Vericolor Three is, um, the the very colour the in in question is blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's very blue. <laughs> <laughs> or teal or turquoise or something i don't know uh but yeah yeah it's a, it reminds me of a, a, a classic 70s landscape type shot that's that's aged yeah. i mean it's worth noting that uh, one particular thing about this shot the camera that was used to take this over 100 years old so mm. i mean that lens probably not got a lot of coatings on it to deal with <laughs> modern stuff 
okay. Yes. Well, there you go. Anyway, over to Johnny. No, that's a, I think I've noted the same thing. It's just it has that otherworldly sort of uh, color cast to it. Um, I think we're on. I don't know what planet are we on where the everything's blue. I guess that's Earth. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much Earth. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it, it's it's great. I mean, I really love it. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I hate to say the blobs kill it for me, but I mean, you can, kind of can't see anything but the blobs is the only downside on this particular. And it, it's just part of the analog process that you're going to see that, especially probably with a, you know, I'm guessing this, the Veracolor 3 is definitely an older stock. So I'm guessing that that's, you know, highly uh, expired film in a very old camera that, that, as you said, would not have had any sort of color coding to the lens to make it, um, you know, friendly to color film. So it's a very un- interesting look for sure. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's a, it's a very cool shot. And just the fact that you can still get pictures as good as that. I mean, the, the blobs may well be to a potential develop home developing mm-hmm. issues, but yeah, the pictures that good out of a, a 103 year old camera. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. Okay. The next two are from Jason Elias. Which one did you pick for these two? Uh, I picked the first image, which is the one that has that kind of very bright, uh, leaves in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So this is again, so, so this is a, a forest scene. Um, and it's, it's a pretty close up scene. There's no horizon to speak of. Um, so, uh, you have, uh, it, the, the main subject being a plant with some rather larger leaves than other plants in the shot, uh, which seems to be caught in, in a, a ray of light. Um, it's really interesting because sort of diagonally from bottom left to top right, uh, below that line, it is darker. It's clearly not in the sun and above that line is much brighter and, and it's, it's, uh it's so bright it almost makes me think that maybe some sort of um infrared filter on it or something like that although i'm i'm Mm -hmm. it it, it, i don't think it is that i think it's just just the difference in the light Mm -hmm. one thing i'm impressed by and um is is the the way the film has rendered it um uh, the film is delta 100 uh which um uh, i've shot with before um and is awesome at retaining lots and lots of detail um, mm. And there is a lot of detail in this shot, um, it, especially when you consider the, the the dynamic range that must have been it must have captured. <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot. I like the diagonal yeah. line across it. Uh, the subject really jumps out at you, even mm. though it's a very very busy shot. It's, it's uh, yeah, and I think the film is. This is another one where the film used uh, has has contributed to it. If this was used on a muddy film, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure it would have come out anywhere near as nicely. Yeah, nicely done. The textures are amazing, <laughs> as you as you've noted. Um, Really, really, I just I, I liked it on a technical level uh, an awful lot. I mean, I, I just thought the the contrasts were really nicely done, and and you really do almost have a kind of a uh, uh, split up the middle, a kind of mm. a, two triangles almost. With that, you've got the kind of the log behind the leaves, so you've got um, a darker area on the bottom and extending up, and then a lighter area, but then it kind of intermingles, which is a really nice contrast. Yeah. yeah, you can literally see the rays of sun coming through the um, trees. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I love it. Very nice, very nice. Should we have one more before another quick break? Uh, that'll be that'll be the count. Yep. 
that's splendid stuff. Well, the next two, uh, which uh, that's a tough choice, this next one is from uh, our good friend and past winner, J.M. Golding, uh, with her whole girl. Which one did you pick from these two? That's a tough choice between those two. It, it is indeed. Um, and now that I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, maybe I should pick the other one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to me, the obvious choice is the 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 god light coming through the trees. <laughs> Um, cause I mean, it really, it's the kind of thing, it's like a dreamlike image, but both of them are like dreamlike images, you know? Um, but I, I did also like the one with the kind of the black tree on the white hilltop. Um, so I'm kind of going back and forth here and I mean, just, I don't know that one with the light coming through the trees is just one of those moments. It's just so good. It's spectacular. What, what Jane Golding does with that whole, uh, she really, she really, go, she justifies the existence of that little plastic <laughs> camera. This is, um, this is one of those things. Yeah. This is one of those things where, where the photographer really knows her camera, yeah, really yeah. knows how to get the most out of it because, you know, and I, I've, um, you know, I, I Actually, I haven't shot with my cameras for some while, but uh, my Holger, sorry, for some while. But, um, you know, when you point a Holger towards a source of light, um, it can turn out really nasty. <laughs> you really need to have a, a th you really need to learn the camera um, uh, to, to understand how it's going to behave. And of course, they're all different as well. Um, so uh, the, this, yeah, the, the, both of these shots to me feel like somebody who, who has spent a lot of time with their camera and really has learned it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I could try and describe the god light, but I think god light probably describes it as best as it can. <laughs> I mean, it's a square frame because it's a holger. Uh, the top is obviously the undergrowth of the forest or the, the woodland, and the top half is, is rays of sunlight shining through the trees. And, and careful not to include the actual sun, the sun itself is, is hidden, so all you get is the rays and, and, and not everything being washed out. So, um, yeah um like, like like that a lot <laughs> yeah. okay right well that i think uh takes us to the next short break um because that's another that's another seven we've so so far 14 down and and many many to go <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this what's the pay rate for this podcast again <laughs> i my agent told me that it was going to be one hour a packet of hobnobs was... i think <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a, an open packet of omgs seeing as you can't get them on Oi, the... don't send in my packet of omgs <laughs> why would i have opened your packet rach i don't know oh, and maybe let's... i'm basing it on graham <laughs> okay uh, let's take a break let's take a break <laughs> And we're back from that break. Graham, who's up next? Okay, next up is Joe Fairty. So we've got two quite different shots here. Which one did you go for, Johnny? Well, obviously the one with the power lines. <laughs> <laughs> power lines and a bridge smack dab in the center of the frame. Breaking all the rules, Joe Flaherty. This has got to be a dude from the U.S., I'm guessing, because the other one's got a giant cactus in it. So he's got to be one of my homeboys. Okay. Do they, do they, do they have a lot of cactuses in Chicago? <laughs> None. Not a single goddamn one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big country, though, right? So, so why did you pick? Why, I mean, apart from the power lines, what was it that drew your eye to this one? Well, I noted that it was shot on one ten film, so this is to me uh, really brings back my uh, childhood 
of uh, shooting on really crappy 110 film on really one crappy 110 cameras and everything looking kind of like this, which is uh, kind of mushy and colorful. Um, and I really like them both. And I probably the cactus shot is um, almost like an iconic shot. It's almost too much like a postcard of like Arizona or something. So I, I like the I like the bridge floating in the middle of the kind of. I'm doing it again. I'm sorry. Odd. Um, the the blue water and the red hills and the blue sky and it's just like this crazy. It's it looks like a miniature. It's he set this up in his uh, living room on one of those little miniature train uh, <laughs> things. It's not a real landscape, is what I'm thinking now. Okay. Because it has that miniature camera look to it. It does. Could be it a, does a, a double bit, O yeah. gauge or something. Yeah. Train exactly. Set. Exactly. Yes. It that does, was my favorite. It does a bit. Uh, I, I I like that you've got the the blue uh, of the water in the foreground and the sky at the top actually sort of you know, either side. So you've got you know, um, uh, top and bottom blue and then the red of the landscape in the middle. I like I like that. I have to speak out for the Pentax Auto One Ten as well because that is my weapon of choice for the cheap shots challenge. So uh, <laughs> so I love my little pentax auto 110 it's fantastic yeah they're fun little cameras uh, uh that picture as you said oh it's so much noise and smush with the 110 <laughs> format i'm not i'm not sure slide film in 110 is maybe uh the way i, I would choose the. i've got a roll of 110 film that i haven't had developed in over a year i really need to get to that um the next two are from uh uh, make sure I get this right. John Michael Mendeza, um, two lovely uh, pictures, um, fairly similar. Which which one grabbed your eye the most out of the two? They're almost a panorama between them, aren't they? They, <laughs> they are. Yeah, I, I picked the, I picked the first one only because the second one had that kind of blurry stuff in the foreground that was almost like not enough in focus, but too much in focus, and mm-hmm. it kind of just just it was a little too disturbing. The other one just looks like this nice kind of uh, you know panoramic kind of thing to me this is like the difference between a a sunset photo and a landscape photo and i'm not demeaning it here but it it's mainly really about the sky and everything else that's happening in the foreground is almost incidental you know that we do have a nice pokey pine tree on the 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 far third of the image but it's really more it's it's really about the sky um and and that i think the first one really shows off the kind of brilliance of what's happening in the sky yeah, very nicely framed though, and uh, really, yeah. uh, he's managed to get that horizon or the waterline very nice and square. So Simon would be happy with that. The he one thing Simon be. knows to look at in pictures, he'd be happy with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shot on the now Simon. defunct Agfa Vista two hundred as well. Yeah, and, it's, and also just they, they, uh, there is something deeply um, satisfying about just nice, well lit and well formed cloudscapes. I mean, just, there's a reason we all take pictures of them and like them, and that one's been captured really nicely. It has, yeah, it is. I like like the colours and the shapes in it as well. Because it's not, you know, it, there, there is a definite shape, isn't there? Some definite lines in the clouds that, that actually add to it. Mm, mm. Absolutely. Okay, from a lovely, colourful sunset to um, some nice grainy black and white stuff from yeah, Joseph yeah. Baker. Which one did you pick from these two? I, I picked the second one, which has what looks like to be a couple of uh, people on the far right of the image, and then a kind of a cliff face. Man, on the other so side abstract. Of yeah, it's so. I love these two shots. They're just so abstract and different. You know. <laughs> I think they kind of look like they've been printed almost like a lith print, don't they? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's this is this reminds me. So this second one that you've chosen, Johnny, reminds me of 
a lot of the south coast of the UK, mm. where you have uh, chalk cliffs a hundred feet or so high, you know, and then beaches underneath them, and the, the, there's two wisps of people, all ghosts almost. It's so, it's also impressionistic, isn't it? Almost ghosts of people having a wander along a beach. Yeah. Um, but I, but the lines are nice as well. So what gives it structure and stops it for me from being completely abstract is the, is the line. So the, the cliff itself comes in from the top left and draws a line towards the centre of the image. And so there is, even though there's very little detail, there's actually structure, which is, which is mm. interesting to me. Yes. It's like a charcoal or a pastel or something, isn't it? You know, a charcoal mm. impression. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some good weird blobs in the top half. Uh, <laughs> I would love to know what's going on there. Um, I suspect the development, something sort of, but uh, no. They're, they're definite and, artifacts, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think what's, because apparently the camera um, underexposed or overexposed, which one was it? Uh, it overexposed most of the roll, which is why it's had to be pulled down, which is why it's got so very, very grainy and why the shutter speeds have got a bit long. Um, but because of the abstract nature it's given it i think the film the um the cosmo photo with that sort of very silvery look that those films have um really works well yeah i really like it because i like stuff that looks weird like that so this is this is a a serendipitous occurrence then is it from yeah this is this is the heart of what the cheap shot challenge really goes to isn't it because you never really know quite what you're going to (laughs) get no absolutely okay the next shot is from ken bryce it's a more lovely color here which one did you pick from these two Oh, wow. Um, I really like both of these shots. I picked the vertical because I like the fact that he strapped a camera onto a shark. And uh, (laughs) the shark's eye view of the people on the beach that will soon be eaten, I thought was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Go on, A, describe this one. Uh, (laughs) Because people are really going to be confused now. (laughs) What can I I say about that then? So, So this is, yeah, so, okay. So this is a swimmer's eye view, isn't it? Um, uh, it looks so uh, three quarters almost of this vertical shot is is water. So I'm I'm guessing the swimmer is is just just uh, over the crest of a wave or something, and then just in in the top right of the image, uh, there's what looks to be uh, some people. Uh, nice, nice uh, whether it's, uh, I, I assume this is accidental, but some of the people are wearing red, which is the only red in the image, which yeah stands I out. Leave those are snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're a shark, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. and and uh, like the frazzles, but the, yeah, and some green trees. So, so what I get is the impression of somebody on a not quite on a desert island because there's obviously a barbecue and the going on on the beach. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, this is a pretty uh, yeah. There's just a little bit of green, um, and uh, somebody's out in the water swimming with a camera. Um, uh, what camera is it? Canon WP one. Is the W stand for? Is the WP for waterproof? Yes, so, it certainly is. Uh, somebody, so, somebody so, can, and can put it to good use. Yeah, yeah. so out, out there in the water with a waterproof camera. I mean, I, I love the shot. I, shot. I don't have a um, a waterproof film camera, but I do have a waterproof digital camera. And and um, uh, some of my some of my favourite family vacation snapshots are, uh, are taken for, with exactly this point of view. Um, uh, and it's really different but uh, this has come out awesome it's all blurry and it's all about colour and texture uh, and uh, I think it's fantastic Yeah. I, just real quick I'm sorry the second shot is really great too I mean I, I, I just I picked the first one because it's so unusual it's just you don't usually see a shot like that but the second shot is fantastic and it really shows off what Portrait 800 
can do if you expose it just right, which is it's very impressionistic and stuff. But the first shot is just so unusual and cool. Yeah. And can, can I say what, what I really love about the, the first shot, the water shot, is kind of exactly the thing about what it, it's showing off what Portrait 100 can do because yeah. because most of the picture is just a kind of almost a solid color. You can really, and that grain structure is just beautiful. The texture it's given it is just kind of almost hypnotic. If you zoom in real close, I <laughs> love the grain structure on that. And the good, I mean, Portrait 100, quite an expensive film, but fortunately, Ken stole this from his son. So that makes it. <laughs> Good work, Ken. <laughs> Nicely done. What, the camera or the film? The film. Or the shark. <laughs> the shark, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, from the colour back to black and white, uh, we've got a couple of lovely shots from Kerry Jeffrey here. Which one did you pick? I picked the shot with the boat because I like how much it kind of breaks up uh, uh, what would have been a sort of standard landscape. It wouldn't be a shot without that boat in the foreground. I was, I was thinking it would have been a landscape if it wasn't for that boat. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I meant. Actually. Yes. You, you just said it, you said it much better than I did. It's, it, yes. It's so close three feet to the left and it'd have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. It feels, it just feels like a really a classic black and white picture. The tones, yeah the composition it's just it's just a really classic looking picture i love it yeah it is it is uh a boat filling well uh, uh, almost half but a good third at least uh, of the whole of the image and uh but just enough room left on the left hand side to see into the distance uh whilst the boat might be sitting in a bed of grass clearly there's a a body of water in the distance and some hills behind it yeah and and retaining although it's quite dark in front of the boat actually also retaining some detail in the sky uh triax hmm yeah well Triax can do quite well. So there's a lot of latitude in Triax, isn't there? So yeah, really nice, really nice shot. Um, okay, uh, the next one is from um, Cohen Kallenberg. So we're going to got two uh, quite different sort of sea sea related shots. Which one did you pick, Johnny? Obviously the second one because it's vertical. no the second shot is just really cool i mean like that another example of a place i would love to be in but the first shot's interesting the second shot has just got like that layers of things uh, disappearing into the distance and i think making the most of what a those crappy cameras are supposed to do Mm. Do you know, so, the, yes, so, the, so the the camera in question being a a the uh, Lomos La Sardina, so that's the the, the tin can one. Mm. Um, do you know what? I, they've been that's one of Lomos' longest running products, isn't it? And they bring them out in all different colours and what have you. I've never really tried. Yes. I don't know, say really, I've never tried one at all. Um, but uh, this this. Uh, the Fuji Superior 200 has clearly got um, plenty of latitude to deal with whatever the light that's coming at it. Uh, I think the 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 flare from the from near the sun and the uh, and the vignetting from from the camera itself actually works in favour of this image. It kind of yes. gives it you know sort of two two tones as it were, and it does look like there's a meteorite landing on the top left. <laughs> I think this mm-hmm. is the I think this is the uh, the extinction moment that's been photographed here. <laughs> and I think there is an area down towards the bottom that is almost sharp, so that's pretty good for a lamography camera as well. The, I the, mean, the clouds are all right. The clouds, yeah, yeah. So so for a, for a camera that is basically a tin can, I mean, it's called La Sardina because it model it's modelled after a sardine can. 
Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 in technically impressive and uh, I like the compositions. I'm a little bit worried for the future of humanity following the <laughs> meteorite strike, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's just a very nicely captured seascape. Um, yeah, as you said, it's one of those. If you you put point uh, even an average or not very good camera at something that looks great and frame it up well, you're going to get a good result from it. Okay, something very different again now from Robert at Land Land Camera Project, Mike. Um, Sorry, camera where are you project. from? Like Sorry, I fell down. I became Australian. I had a stroke and became Australian <laughs> for a minute. Um, How is that how you do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's truth. Um, uh, some infrared shots. Uh, we haven't had any infrared before. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be getting any later from me either, despite my efforts. So <laughs> these are two a very different look. Uh, I do love these. These have worked so well. <laughs> this is what it looks like when it works, apparently. <laughs> so which uh, did you pick for these two infrared shots? I picked I picked the one with the stairs because it was a, a little more of um unexpected than the one with the kind of the tree which the tree and in infrared looks like a tree and in infrared and this is kind of it it looks more like a a scene to me where i don't i'm not exactly sure where this path goes so i thought it was intriguing mm. do you want to describe it for us aid no, Paint I'll, word I'll, I'll give it a shot um it looks like uh so so there's a path leading through this uh, a, a gravel path up to some steps in the middle of the frame um, uh, around the path is some rather overgrown um, bushes and grasses um, and in, in at the top of the steps looks like it disappears under some trees um, so the, the impression you get is, is almost a sort of Alice in Wonderland kind of thing you know follow, follow the path through a strange landscape kind of thing it's um, yeah it's, it is it is um, it, it is of the two the the more organic shot as 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 you say Johnny the the the, the second shot is which is crisp and clear and also features trees and paths um, but mm. is is uh, possibly more what you might expect to see uh, mm. as an infrared shot so yeah uh, it, it's uh, interesting uh, the first shot is yeah the, the the steps steps really stand out because they are there's some sharper lines there whereas all the foliage which has gone to white in in the foreground. Um, it, it is quite a um, not blurry, but quite an organic shape. No, no, no straight straight lines in it. Yeah. It it feels like a, a still from a sort of a 1950s sci-fi movie. Uh, I I really like it because it, it just looks weird and alien and um, and uh, yeah, the IR has worked so well. It's it's just it's full on made that green white. Uh, so, so this is like this is interesting, isn't it? Because in some ways, it's it's a product of global warming. This shot, because normally it's not bright enough in the UK to get this to get the <laughs> film to work properly. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, they're, 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 yeah, there you go. The nature of analog photography changes as global warming progresses. Sadly, um, have you have you done any IR stuff yourself, Johnny? Yeah, I, I've I've done quite a bit of it actually, and I have um. I have a lot of IR film kind of sitting in the mini fridge that needs to be used. It's been a while since I've shot it, but yeah, I have done it and it's, um, it's a lot of fun to do. Um, I've shot quite a bit of the Ilford, uh, SFX as well, which I really like cause it's just a little more flexible. Um, but I, yeah, I've shot a bit of the true IR stuff too. It's fun. I, I've tried once and yeah. failed. So that's my hundred percent fail rate so far. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Next up is uh, Luke Whoa, Next up is after the break. Don't get ahead of yourself there, fella. <laughs> okay. Well, see, we've not been going very long, but okay. Well, no, well, that's good. So, so, well, there you go. So, we, we've, we, yes, we, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So, we are going to take a, a quick break and then come back with the next tranche, if that's the right word. <laughs> The first one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who are we talking about? If it's the first one, who are we talking about? <laughs> we are talking about Luke Banfield. Oh, Johnny's on this. Uh, this is a very classic landscape, landscape shot. There's a, there's a uh, horizon and everything, Johnny. Yep. Split that bastard right down the middle. Put a little <laughs> hill in there for me. Throw me some trees in the foreground. Throw me some clouds in the background. Done. <laughs> I fear I'm we may not be doing justice to... to Luke's efforts. <laughs> I'm surprised that you went for the first one, actually, considering what you said previously, Johnny, about it being um, about the spaces where people live and and how they kind of use those spaces and things. I mean, yeah, but the I'm second one by... definitely feels yeah. more like that, doesn't it? It mm. does, but I'm intrigued by this landscape because it's mm-hmm. far less flat than the place where I live. And this is basically a flat landscape. So, no. But you live um, in a city where the river runs the wrong way. I do. And it's surrounded just by, it's like a pancake. It, there's no hills <laughs> 500 miles in any direction. You live in a city I'm... surrounded by pancakes? This sounds pancakes. amazing. More like tortillas. No, okay. So what were your reasons for choosing the first one, uh, Johnny? I mean, I just like it's no, it's it is sort of the classic landscape type of photo, which is almost like I mean, it's like this banal landscape. It's just kind of flat. There's not a lot going on there, but I'm it. I but I find that space intriguing still. Mm-hmm. It's not. I like the second shot a lot too because you're right. It 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 reflects to me what looks like almost like an abandoned space. I don't think it's abandoned, but I think because there's a big bunch of fence there on one side and. It, and it looks all leafy and, you know, it could be an abandoned space. But I, the, I guess that the vista of the first space um, is somehow intriguing to me, even though there's really nothing going on in that scene, uh, which that, isn't. A- that's the th- that's the point, though, I think, isn't it? Do you, yeah. ever, um, do you, have you seen the movie No Country for Old Men? Yes. And, 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 and yes. And that's kind of the landscape we're looking at here. And I do find that landscape intriguing. And it's somewhat emptiness I, and i, I will bought, just say for the record i live in a far flatter place than that place yeah <laughs> I, I bought the movie no country for old men on blu-ray um precisely for the photography um uh, and this remind this is reminiscent of that kind of thing those, those you know, big landscapes you know and 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 uh, little defining subject as such i like this photo because it doesn't have a subject if you see what i mean Mm. Yeah, no, it is. But, but the one thing I do wonder, a bit like the one I mentioned earlier, is whether if a yellow filter had been on there, it might have brought out a bit. Because there, the, there is detail in the sky, but I wonder whether a yellow filter might have helped bring out a bit more definition in the clouds. It's one of those things where it feels like back in the olden days, um, yellow filters were used a lot. Like they yeah. were just one of those things that was more often on the camera than not for people, especially shooting landscapes when we kind of 
all got out of the habit or never had the habit of using filters like that um, for black and white. But um, yeah. Or perhaps, you know, also maybe it's a little bit more difficult to find the right size filter to fit the older cameras occasionally. That can be the case too. Yep, that's very true. true. That. Yeah. Okay, the next pictures are from Mark Prestige. Did you go colour or did you go black and white, Johnny? Um, I went colour because... I can clearly see the power lines in the first color photo and the second photo. I assume they're in there somewhere because there's so much going on in the second photo. I really like both of these. Um, it's just that the first photo I got kind of lost in all of the, I mean, you could get lost in all the detail in both of them, but the mm. first photo is just so odd to me. Like what the hell is this place? It's like half, like uh, derelict whaling village. And then there's the ski lift <laughs> in the background and I'm gonna this bunker mountain thing. Where is this? Wales? No, I, 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 will, I was thinking. Maybe I will find out for you. I can't remember. So, so yes, because the the a, a, a strange thing in the background, a, a funicular, which is a marvelous yes. word, one of my favorite words. Um, uh, which, I thought Marion was good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> it 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 is a sort of uh, you expect Patrick McGowan to be wandering around in this landscape somewhere, don't you? Um, for me, I, I have to question Mark's honesty, actually, though, because he says this is shot on a, a cosmic symbol. I don't think cosmic symbols are capable of focus like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yours was quite good, wasn't it, Aid? Mine focused, right? mine focused uh, for, from zero to three feet. And anything beyond oh, three yes, feet right. was... Yeah. Anything, so no beyond, infinity. The, anything beyond three feet was, in, uh, was a subject for Johnny's other podcast. <laughs> i'm loving this because this this is uh, this is just the craziest mismatch of stuff and if all of this is real and it's not and it's not a composite photo i think it's the most amazing place <laughs> there's that... a, yeah there's a, like a sand bulldozer it's like a dozer for sand or something what is that thing it doesn't that doesn't do anybody any good what is that thing <laughs> it's just the most bizarre collection of garbage and then there's this resort in the middle and some people have paid to live here i don't I, it's it's crazy and i love it it's also this it reminds me of the coast of it reminds me in some ways the coast around edinburgh where there's a lot of volcanic rock outcrops um uh that that's the sort of thing it because clearly you know geologically there are different things going on in this in, in this picture but um that in that sense it reminds me of of edinburgh where i have some family but uh, uh, that is not, for the record, that is not Edinburgh Castle on the top of the hill there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Edinburgh Castle is short. a lot, lot bigger than that. <laughs> uh, this was shot in Hastings. So uh, the Hastings Tourist Board will no doubt want to, to um, quote you on all the lovely things you said about I... the location, Johnny. Is that the Mountain of Pudding? <laughs> <laughs> all I know uh... about Hastings. Things is the pudding. Oh, that's hasty pudding. Oh, right, that's that war you all started. No, we started that war. Sorry, don't talk about the war. No, no, what? No, Hastings. The war in Hastings was a thousand years ago. <laughs> we um, hadn't given you your country then, Johnny. So you can't that one. We wanted to come back until you started the Brexit thing, and you guys ruined that. So now we have nowhere to go. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving, moving it was actually a battle rather than a war, but you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Rage. <laughs> the next picture is from Martin Scarland, uh, a lovely picture of a tree going on here. Nice. 
I don't need to describe this. It's a picture of a tree. It's a very nice picture. Go on then, Johnny. What do you think of this picture? I love this picture. I I, I love that it's like the whole top of the portion, a third of the picture is a canopy. So that's all you got. And you got a little bit of high of, of horizon poking through, and then it's all foreground. And I, I like the way it... Um, I like the way it's a picture of a tree, but it's not a picture of a tree. You know what I mean? It's like, like the whole thing that makes photography interesting is it's not the picture of the thing in the picture. It's not a picture of a purple cow. You know, it's a, it's, it becomes something abstract when you make it two dimensional. And I, I like that this to me is like becomes kind of so abstract because there's this endless tree canopy along the top that's just going to keep going and going forever. Um, and and I, just the shape of the tree trunk on the angle that looks like some kind of arms sticking out and stuff. I just thought it was a really like superficially normal-looking photo that's really kind of odd also. It's a suitably gnarly-looking kind of tree, isn't it? Which I think is cool. Yeah. It's a shot that I look at and think, I would really love to see a darkroom print of this picture. I think that's that would true. look really yeah. nice, because, uh, which is great because Martin is making his own darkroom, which we'll be hearing about in future episodes. So hopefully we'll see a darkroom print of this. And it's, yeah, it's just a really nice shot from a little, the Agfa Solaire is just the 1960s, I think, point and shoot, basically, which can pull cracking results out of it. Uh, okay, next up, we've got pictures from Matt Jones. Which of the two pictures from Matt Jones did you pick? Um, I picked the first one because I liked how it's sort of like you're looking through this canopy of uh, plants to this dead tree thing and something in the background. And I don't know what all that stuff is, but I kind of like it. Is it some kind of like amusement park, maybe? Uh, I was go- I was going to go with Asian Temple, actually, but there you go. Yeah, maybe. It, it looks like right. It looks like it might be a rice field. Um, that yeah, the dead tree is standing yeah. oh, in, and and okay. uh, uh, and so sort of peering through the they're not palm leaves but enormous green leaves, looking down a, an irrigated field which might or might not be growing rice to some kind of uh, temple that's sufficiently in oh. the distance that it's uh, or, or or the the lens is sufficiently wide angled. Um, there's a little bit of a tower sticking out on the right hand side as well, and it, oh, it has I a sort of yes. Balinese yeah. or Cambodian feel to it mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've never been yeah. to Cambodia. But I have been to Bali, and um, you know this is this this reminded me of my trip to Bali. Have you been to Thailand? Uh, I have, but only to Bangkok, and Bangkok is a, is a city that is very very urban. Um, so I haven't really explored Thailand at all. Well, that's where this was taken, and you're spot on, Nate. It is indeed a rice field in Thailand. Ah, uh, okay. I love the the <laughs> weird me. frame with the notch at the bottom too. That was the other thing I liked about this one. There's like this sinkhole at the at the bottom of the frame, right below where the tree is, and it looks just so weird. It's it's cool. I like it. Yeah, I guess that's a feature of because this is one of the um, Lomography simple use cameras that uh, Matt had reloaded with some Kodak Ultramax. So that's obviously uh... part of the style of that. So yeah, very cool. And um, yes, yeah, just a really interesting shot. An area I've never been. Speaking of uh, interesting and different shots, uh, of course it would be because it's our, our good friend Matthew Joseph, Photo Dude NZ, who has brought us some more of his multi photo sculptures, uh, for want of a better word, montage. I don't know what you call them. Uh, which did you pick of these two things? I picked the crazy David Hockney thing mm-hmm. um, where, where he's got like the multiple exposures and it's not a you know, I like the other one as well, where it's a kind of a straight on horizon. But this one is totally breaks down the 
borders of uh, a photo into something non-rectangular or square. And I, it's a really cool scene. You've got multiple perspectives, and I, I really liked it. So. Do you yeah. want to describe this one, Aid? Sure. It's it's <laughs> shot from a vantage point in a high building, looking out over some uh, modernised, urban regenerated Docklands, uh, similar to what you might see in in London or other cities. Uh, the thing that makes the shot different is, uh, it, it, yes, uh, as Johnny says, is the Hockney-esque. Uh, uh, view of it but it's all uh, the thing that i really love is is the difference in perspective so for once you get out into the middle ground in the distance everything looks relatively normal you know although it's obviously a patchwork composition um you know it, it, everything is roughly in the same perspective but the the bottom of the image uh which is looking down on the roof of some kind of um I'd say, uh, I was going to say sort of a, a government building. It looks like it's got a dome with a flagpole on it and some pillars. Uh, but then to the right of the shot up top, there's clearly there's, there's skyscrapers, other skyscrapers. Um, the, the, the way it swoops from one to the other is, is, is yeah, is cracking. Um, like this one a lot. Yep. Yeah, it's just a really inventive, creative way of shooting a large landscape with a camera that can't, get all that in its frame in one go um, and a lot of vision and seeing the shots and taking them and then just putting them together. Um, yeah, it's worked yeah. really well. It has. Really has I have no well. idea what a Maya 528 TL is. I, th mm -hmm. I think it's uh, an SLR, I think. Um, we could Google it, but, you know, who has the time? Well, yeah, <laughs> let's not worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh next up we have got a shot from uh, a friend of the show uh, rachel's new best buddy and apparently somebody <laughs> who can't seem to process film properly because these look very yellow mike gutterman from the negative positives <laughs> podcast and um, which of these two uh developing disasters did oh, you pick oh man i picked gutterman number a letter a which was the super <laughs> yellow one number a Super yellow, yeah. <laughs> super yellow number A. I picked super. Um, yeah, this is. I like. We have so many pictures from different planets. It's great. I don't know which planet this is, but it's the yellow planet. It's whichever it, one it is. It's it's June. <laughs> it's planet it's planet mike should stop being so cheap with his chemicals and maybe not try and use a completely overused. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait you don't get 500 rolls out of a c41 kit <laughs> i mean mike tries i think so um how would you describe this one aid well it it it's yellow and, <laughs> it and, yellow. and there's a thin line of orange coming in from the right hand side um, and maybe a person maybe a person it, it could be I, I, now that's interesting because you see a person i saw some kind of um uh, marker in the sea for for both okay oh okay because um, I, I I had imagined that the yellow in the foreground, as opposed to the yellow in the background, I'd imagined that the yellow in the foreground uh, was, was was damp yellow, which is ever so slightly darker yellow than the background yellow. Yes, there there is definitely some texture in the background yellow. <laughs> uh, 
I love it. So it, I, th- I think we're looking at a water scene here. So I had, I had, yeah. I had that down as some sort of marker in, in floating in the water rather than a person. It could equally be um, an outtake from Blade Runner twenty forty nine, slightly overexposed. Um, yeah. uh, where where um, uh, Ryan? Which one of the Ryans is it that was in that? Um, it, it, Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, it is walking off into the background in in search of Harrison Ford. Um, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of, if not the most minimalist shots that we've got this time around. And also, if our podcast wasn't already enough of an indication, it goes to show that there is no qualification necessary for starting your own photography podcast. Oh, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Hey, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so uh, do you know what? I'm going to totally whip your legs out from under you on this one because I uh, for all the joking aside I actually really really like this the only change I would make to this shot is I would make it more of a landscape crop I think the the, the, there's not sufficient detail in it to warrant posting it in roughly three by two and I would have it something I would have it far more um, panoramic in, in aspect ratio uh, if this was a uh, a two and a half to one or a you know, a cinematic ratio of some kind, uh, I'd be wanting to print this out and put it on my wall. Bringing us to the next image. <laughs> Bringing us to the next image from uh, Nelson Mullis. Now I think Nelson Mullis found his way here from your show. So well, you where all the, this nice. is where all the other colours went. He, yeah, <laughs> he, he's a, I think he's a regular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Over the we, actually, we got one quite minimalist shot and one not so minimalist shot on this one. Which which, which did I, you pick? I did like both of these shots. The black and white is is really, really a wonderful black and white, like a, kind of a full tonal range, um, black and white of a kind of swampy scene, which I really liked. I am just such a sucker for the panoramic format. And I love how he's got it, just like this perfect panorama with a third at the top, almost a third, not quite, is is the sky and the foreground, which is like, the, it's like there was a Lollapalooza festival here and there were a million people running around on the beach or something. Um, so there's all this kind of sandy thing with footprints and stuff. I Maybe those aren't footprints, I don't know. Um, but I, I just, I went with that because I, I'm just such a sucker for that panoramic format. I I really like this as well. Um, it, it I, I like the fact that even though it's clearly a color photograph, the 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 there's very much a primary of blue in it. So all the shadows in the tracks in the sand uh, are, are are a bluey color that reflects the the color of the sky. I think it's um, um, uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm not sure uh, what a Samsung Evoca is. Uh, but the Loma Color 100 has has done uh, uh, has done Nelson some favors here. I think the color the color in this is gorgeous. Yeah, and I do just I I love the really simple strong composition. It's like that um, photograph that's worth millions of pounds of uh, in you know a river and a green thing. So you you never know, Nelson. This might be worth millions of pounds. <laughs> you never know. You, you never know. And on that note, we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be back with uh, the next uh, bunch. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, next up, we have got another refugee from the land of spending too much money that is the Classic Lenses podcast. Nigel Cliff, uh, a couple of beautiful, colorful shots here. Which one did you pick, Johnny? I chose the one with the Hobbit in the foreground. Uh, <laughs> because it, part of good landscape <laughs> photography, a rule of good landscape photography, is to try to have something for scale in the foreground. And this is clearly a Hobbit in the foreground of this image. As far as I can tell, I really tell. hope that Hobbit. And there's a little Hobbit. The there's a little Hobbit mill, factory mill in the midground, little water place where they make corn or something. They grind it into meal or something like that. I don't know. It so is picture I... postcard stuff, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. From from the Shire. Those <laughs> colours are incredible, aren't they? So bright, so vibrant. Super All those bright, blues yeah. and greens. It was it was very much a, a Fuji. Um, oh yeah look isn't it yeah 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 beautiful yeah it's yeah. it's yeah it's just a lovely sweeping picture of a, a wide stretch of river sweeping down um with uh some nice willow trees growing over it and as you said a little mill in the corner and uh a another human being or hobbit we don't know which we can't see how hairy their feet are from here but <laughs> in the foreground <laughs> Yeah, it is it's a lovely classic. It's either a, it's either a it's either a hobbit or just a really it could be a short person. I don't know. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a very short person or a hobbit to me. The scale, it's like I'm just trying to judge it for scale. Is that person really small or is the landscape like really bad? <laughs> Getting the cows out. Um, right. Okay. Uh, Next up is uh, Oliver Grimm's shot. Um, some nice black and white stuff here. So which one did you pick of Oliver's? I picked the one with the perfect um, rule of thirds basketball uh, kind of set up in the middle of what does not look like a basketball court, which to me <laughs> is a little bit intriguing. And Maybe that's a grass basketball. It might be a sport somewhere. Um, and... <laughs> uh, no, they were both interesting shots because the other shot has this kind of nice uh, tree arching over with the leaves kind of hanging down, which, you know, is a really nice kind of image. This one is just more intriguing to me. Um, it just looks like this kind of abandoned sports thing or something. I don't know. It's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a public park of some sort, I think, isn't it? With some big trees and uh, yeah, and a lone basketball hoop standing there. And, and clearly it's an abandoned basketball court. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, hmm. And lots of, uh, uh, you know, uh, lots of different uh, tones in it as well, actually, for black, for black and white shot. Um, it's a, uh, there's, there's I imagine if you zoom in you'll get quite a lot of, quite a lot of detail on the uh, on the trees and things like that tonal detail that is yeah. so, hmm. <laughs> sorry I got momentarily distracted we've had some questions sent in for Johnny which we might get to at the oh, end no. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah it is it, and it, that thing with the, with the basketball court is like how do you shoot landscapes if you don't live somewhere where you're out there to get them and um, yeah, go and make the most of what you've got, <laughs> even yeah, if that is just an overgrown basketball court. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one is from P. Asau. Uh, two lovely, colourful shots. Which one was your favourite from these two? I picked the one with the power lines, um, <laughs> and, which to me looked like the. It's almost like a. It's like a Van Gogh. Uh, painting that paint, painting with the birds. I guess the one he did right before he killed himself. And it's got <laughs> everything but the birds. It's got like the tilty field, the tilty yellowish field, and the big blue sky with the clouds. And it and 
uh, I yeah, it's just a really cool shot. I like this one quite a bit. Yeah, I like the, I like the half Midwest and half. Term. I like the half yeah. and half bit of it. Although the, the half and half is not a a horizontal line; it's slightly on the squiff. Like because uh, although in this case, I'll give him the benefit of him or her. Sorry, I should say the benefit of the doubt because all of the stalks of, uh, uh, of wheat in the foreground are standing upright. Uh, so I think it's shot on a hill, uh, and it's got what I would always refer to because it's uh, it, when I'm describing these things, I would always describe these as Simpsons clouds. And <laughs> in in the top half of the frame, and and golden crops in the bottom half of the frame, with a good leading line of the farm track uh, up up there, the starting from the left hand side. So uh, yeah, it's um uh, it uh, I like the geometry of this one as well. It's, it just feels good. Yeah, and yeah. nice warm tones of the color plus film as well really add to it, just making it feel like along with the cracked earth makes it feel like a really hot shot mm. okay uh next up uh, a couple of pictures from paul friday uh which one did you pick from these two johnny right. i loved both of these shots for diff very different reasons um i picked the second one which has a <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what drew you to the second one <laughs> something about the sky i i don't know exactly what but something about the sky um um uh yeah, there might be some power lines in this shot. I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot going on in that shot. There's little trucks everywhere. There's a little truck that says something about shopping on it in the very foreground. There's a lot going on in here if you zoom in very closely. Uh, so I spent a lot of time kind of looking around the shot. I like the first shot, too, because it really like messes with the whole idea of landscape and that you've got this, this, the, 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 um, you know, the horizon is just this little line right at the very top. And then in the foreground is this sign that has nothing on it, which in a field of just overgrown grass, which I really like. So I, I liked both of these shots a lot um, for very different reasons. But they're to me, they, they they're both very curious shots and they were among my favorites yeah i, I like the, the the second one which you which you had chosen the one with all the power lines i mean the the shapes in this are awesome so for me you've got a background here which is a classic landscape shot there's a sort of rolling hills and clouds in the sky but overlaid and what is really the the subject of the shot is there's, there's uh it is power lines coming in from the top right and going down towards the sort of the the lower third and the left and then the, there's the highway going from the bottom right up to, to the same point and at the point where they converge it is an enormous coal-fired power station um, yeah. Uh, and yeah so you've got all of the cooling towers from the power station at the point of convergence of the power lines in the road and if you yeah if there was ever a uh, uh, if there was ever a, a, a uh, a shot that described how manners alter the landscape but, yeah this is it because the real landscape is behind the actual shot for me i think that this is it, it it's incredibly well layered this shot um, yeah it, it reminds it reminds me of that old talking head song the one about where they're talking about all the highways have gone to grass and stuff like that i forget what it's called talking heads was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> Still, I mean, it, it absolutely nails the power lines really, really hard. So I think Paul might have had some insight into what you liked before you, uh, before we got on here. Um, uh, next up, I'm not sure there's any power lines in either of those pictures, so this could be a bad move for you, Ralph. But the next shots are from Ralph Hulse, some lovely watery shots. Which one did you pick from these two, Johnny? 
Um, I picked which one did I pick here? Uh, I picked the second one, um, which has almost the kind of glass-like water on uh, across most of the image. Although the one side of the image looks like it's um, it's a uh, to me it looks like a very man-altered landscape where it has a sort of a low waterfall where the water is kind of breaking over, which is probably a man-made uh, system of some sort. So I. I, I I like that it looks so landscape and also probably so very like like man altered landscape at the same time. So in a way, I mean, it's almost like a it's funny. I'm looking at them queued up in bridge, uh, all the images, and I have the the previous shot by Paul with the power lines uh, directly above this shot, and there's sort of a really interesting contrast between the two um, because they all they both look very sort of like human altered to me in a in an odd way. Yeah, There's, is it is there not a word in American for that? In 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 England, we'd call that a weir. Wow, a weir. That's a like a. Uh, yeah, we don't have that word. Really? Uh, oh, well, now you do. <laughs> yeah, now we do. <laughs> there you go. No, this this po this podcast is nothing if not a cultural exchange program. Yeah, I saw one of them in Canada once. <laughs> well, that's almost I English. Saw, I saw a weir in Canada once. <laughs> I love the reflections on this. I, yeah. I just love the reflections on the on the glass like water, and I, also, I I love that building in the background. I think that just just creates a bit of like I wonder what that is because it's so incongruous amongst all the um, natural structure. Mm. That, mm -hmm. It does. Um, it looks yeah. like a, a a tower block of some sort, doesn't it? But it's just sort of poking out. So it's sort of in the distance. Is it is it residential or is it industrial or, or what? It's interesting because the, the rest of it is so very much the countryside. Yep. Okay. And uh, next up, we've got a couple of colour ones again. Lovely colourful shots from Ralph mm. Wilde. What did you pick here? Um I picked the first, although the second is like a test textbook example of put something interesting in the foreground to contrast from the background. But I, it, kind of like the photo we had earlier, the black and white in, in from Taiwan. I, I like how this environment is so like uh, this expansive city, but then there's like this expansive nature beyond the city. It's like a very contrast as far as the, you know what's happening in the in the image itself. I flipping love this photo. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it. Ah, oh, it's it's something I just, I literally just looked at it and was like, whoa. And I don't. I I can't put it into words. Why? And I know that's awful because this is an audio podcast, <laughs> so it's not that helpful. Um, but almost like it's almost like the sections have been coloured in by a different watercolour paint or something. You know. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just so. Um, just something about it. It's just a feeling from it. I think I look yeah. at that and I go, I like that shot a lot. It's lovely. I, I so do too. Yeah, it's it's a kind of like a, a an unplanned residential area in the, in the foreground, uh, mm. and and then you know just mountains in the background. Um, I, but it feels to me that it it's almost uh, I, this is the wrong word, but it's almost apocalyptic. Because the the mm. gully on the left hand side, it, mm. it, it just makes me think. Well, that, that clearly, you know, that that that's a, some sort of tectonic fault, and there's going to be an earthquake here soon. <laughs> or also, it just has it has a tent 
dimension to it this photo that that gully on the left hand side gives me a, a real tension it's like the city is up against a boundary and and uh, and it's yeah. tense because the, the the there's you know why is it there and what's going to happen or what's happened previously it's it's, it's a it, an underlying sense of conflict i suppose yeah, between the ask, two yeah it, it it makes me ask questions about yeah. what, where this place is and and who are the people mm. and what's happened there um uh, and that's How quite unusual up. for me mm. yeah yeah mm. Mm. yeah yeah, Do you know no, where it is, Graham? Uh, yes, it's in Cappadocia in Turkey, and obviously Turkey ah. does is an area that does suffer from things like earthquakes and the yeah. such. Um, oh, but yes, it's, wow. uh, it's shot with um, an Olympus Mu one, you know, a small point-and-shoot camera that has exposed it beautifully, and also the amount of detail that little lens has captured yeah. is yeah. stunning. Really lovely, beautifully seen and framed shot, and the camera has done the job on that one very nicely yeah. as well. Yeah. And also the Kodak Color Plus film, cheap ass film, looking great. Um, yeah. So, is it time for another break yet, Aid? I'm not keeping track, <laughs> or we've we got another shot to go. Uh, we've got one more to go. Okay, one more shot to go before a break, uh, and this will be our last break before we get to the end of these. So, uh, next shot is from Roberto Martinez. Um, two lovely seascapes. Yeah, I picked the one with the snacks on the shore, which to me looked like the <laughs> other photo from the water. This would be like the other photo taken from the land facing the water. I was literally um, looking through it going, where, what? What's he on about? And then I realized what you meant, Johnny. I love it. Snacks on the... On the... Have, you, have, have, you been to see the, have you been to see that new movie, The Meg? Is that no, what's happening no. here? Oh, my God. I saw that movie preview with my girlfriend and Did her eight-year-old. Did you read the book? No, he has still having nightmares from seeing the preview from the Meg. <laughs> you should read the book. Read the oh, book. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, is it is um, it is it is it actually supposed to be good then? Because I just assumed it was a crappy remake of Jaws. It's not a crappy remake of Jaws. It's a different a different thing altogether. Oh, it's, it's not terrifying. a shark then. Uh, yes, it is a shark. And it's not eating people then. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not talk. And they and they don't need a bigger boat. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I get it totally different, obviously. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> this picture, uh, what drew you to this picture, Johnny? Uh, I just like the shape. I mean, it, you know, it's it. Um, I've always been intrigued by black and uh, by color photos that really are 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 black and white photos. If that makes sense, the contrast mm -hmm. in this shot is very much a monochrome image. I mean, if you squint, which I do a lot when I look at color images if you squint at it it looks more like a monochrome image in that it's just this um uh, two really interesting shapes you know you've got a kind of a horizon which then has this really organic water edge shape that's very bright and this much darker curving shape so to me this is really just a two shapes with some people snack silhouette people's snacks in the, in the <laughs> foreground so i i just i i, I like the the contrast between land and sea, uh, but not, it's not really land and sea. It's between just light and dark. And mm. I thought it was very, very much a black and white in color. What, what I really like about this one is the, the way that the people silhouettes are very evenly spaced um, and well positioned along this kind of curving shoreline. Um, and yeah, that, that works really well for me as well. It really adds to the picture. Um, yeah. Lovely shot. Okay. One last break on this one then, Aid. I think it's a pseudo break. We'll just go bing and then back. How about that?
and we're back and this is the home run i think is the is uh, the phrase we need we're, we're, we're almost at the home end straight. home straight there we All go straight. Right? so one of those Stretch. things anyway one of those da, 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 da. yes and the first is a lovely orange uh, sunset picture from another classic lenses refugee roger lund um couple of beautiful shots here which one did you pick I picked the first one just because I like the composition better. The second one, I don't know. Well, the second one's interesting too. I just like the tree in the first one, and I like how the uh, the the again we're kind of talking almost like a black and white here. How that the curve of the shoreline is not broken by the edge of the frame; it kind of curves along. So that it's really if you pretend there's not a sunset and it's black and white, it's just breaks into like two oval shapes bro- broken by that black bit um so yeah to me to me it's more of a it's a really a sunset photo versus a landscape photo if that makes sense i mean the the color is really nice um definitely you know the fuji 400 for a sunset it's gonna it, it's gonna beat the hell out of that sunset it's gonna leave it a bloody mess you know <laughs> bloody pulp of a mess sunset because it's going to extract every bit of color out of that sunset um and that i think that's kind of what we have going on with this one i like the little tiny bird sitting on mm. the, oh i've just realized that's on the second one sorry sorry johnny i was looking at the wrong the wrong shot sorry yeah, no um but yeah I, it was just this tiny little silhouette of a, of a bird sitting there yeah. on this huge branch that yeah caught my eye that's yeah. cute nice very nice. Yeah, no, it's just a beautiful, elegant, and again, the reflections in the water. It's just a lovely, symmetrical shot. A lot to like in that picture. Okay, the next one is a lovely black and white shot. Um, I think, uh, yeah, this is some SFX. You mentioned you like to use SFX. Mm, this ah. is an SFX shot. Uh, I know that uh, Ronnie Brandon, who took this <laughs> picture, had some issues trying to get his little <laughs> box camera working and holding the flash in place. And all the, not the flash, yeah, the, 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 the story behind place. that was it was just epic, wasn't it, Graham? Uh, you know, yeah. all the trials and tribulations he went through to get the shots, which is fantastic. Um, I uh, I taught Ronnie in a, one of the like first workshops sort of thing, getting him into film photography in the first place, which was which is brilliant to see how he sort of like really just taken that and literally run with it. <laughs> um, and he's doing all sorts of experimenting and trying things out, and I think he's building himself a dark room or something as well. You know, he's he's uh, he's really embraced analog photography, which is fantastic. And I love the stuff that he does; it looks fab. Which one did you choose? Sorry, Johnny. Um, there's only one Rach for this one. Sorry, yeah, I didn't. Sorry, yeah. No, I it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I cho- I chose the first one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good. I would have chosen that one too. I'm glad we're on the same yeah. path. Here. But, <laughs> but it, 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 this, it's it's uh, what interests me about this one was actually the combination of film stock and camera because I mean you have a, a film stock that is tends to have uh, that look to it that almost infrared look. Um, combined with a camera that really has, you know, no um, great sort of lens coating or anything whatsoever to kind of tame that down. And it's a little bit kind of blown out. So the overall look is just, I, I really like the kind of high contrast, high key, you know, but with some nice blacks in it as well. Um, it just looks like a super, super bright, you know, bright summer day in black and white and uh, this kind of little picturesque village along the waterside it's a lovely photo just overall you, i think you've actually almost got another weir there as well had you a noticed weir. yeah An- another little weir yeah yeah look at that absolutely <laughs> right in the foreground a weir 
Well, it could well. it could be or or something like something yeah. like that. Yeah, very nice. Weird. Weird. Okay, <laughs> the next the next shots are from um, Stephen Milheim. Uh, a couple of quite different shots here. So, which one drew your eye from these two? Another poor martyr who is trying to use an American-made camera and use it to make images. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so many great cameras made by Kodak back in the day. Um, Kodak Bullseye with T-Max 100. So a really kind of modern film and a really old camera. Um, I chose the the first one with the trees in the foreground mm -hmm. uh, just because it was such a kind of an unconventional um, image. And I thought that the way the edge burn on the film worked really well with the mm. darker trees in the middle, you know, I thought it, I just liked the way the, uh, the effect, it was just more interesting to me overall than the second one. Um, it it's actually worked like white, pretty well. Yeah. It's like, almost like a white vignette, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting. Like a reverse yeah. vignette. Yeah. 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 It's very cool. And, and also, I mean, it, it is a two tree trunks essentially uh, and, and it's a very stark image and the um it is very very black and white you know there's not a lot of gradation but it really works for that yeah. um and as you're saying the, the sort of white vignetting uh all that's that yeah it's cool i like that lot. fun picture okay uh next up we have got another couple of black and white shots from steve tester uh uh, one very minimalistic shot. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and that's the one I picked. I mean, I yeah. I, I actually love this. This was one of my favorites. Um, mm -hmm. Straight up, one of my favorites. It, it just it's it's a horizon in a square, and I guess the combination of those two things together just to me it's so minimalistic, and you just barely have this you know, this edge of a horizon. Um, and I, I love the overall look to it. It's kind of a, like super low contrast. And um, I, I, I don't know, I just love everything about the, the geometrics of it, the geometry of it, and the fact that there's so little detail, but we j instinctively know exactly what it is. It's and the horizon's a, straight? Yeah, the horizon's like straight. As well? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that helps too. I mean, it you know, it's... Um, it's just pure minimalism. And I like the second one too, especially with, um, I'm a big fan of Fomapan 400. I just from from fan in general. I really like that film. Um, and I like the way it kind of has glowy highlights and everything. So that the second one is, is super interesting as well. But the first one is just like pure, pure minimalism with just these every here and there, a little bit of detail. And for me, that was made it a really special image. Mm. I think it's really played to the played into the camera well because the camera, judging by the second picture, it, it is not any great capture yeah. of detail. Um, right. And so by going just purely for the structure and the composition, and then having the bits of texture that the camera is getting in the water and in the sky and the clouds, um, yeah, I agree. I really like that one too. It's a yeah. lovely shot. Okay, the next shot is a very different shot from Sven Olaf Humberset. Very classic landscape shot, this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it if, um, and from that regard, it's like it's one of the the perfect kind of landscape images that you would hope to try to make, um, starting from the bottom and working up. 
um, or should I not do that? <laughs> well, do you? Do, would you like to do that? And and then, uh, Aid, would you like to do that? And then I can talk about it after. Because I mean, it's sure. it's just such a formal image. I mean, it, you it can't... the power lines, isn't it, that it, make it for you? Though I, I was going <laughs> to mention you, the power lines. I was definitely you, thanks. Yeah, Rachel, definitely. There it's are so power formal. lines. In it. You can't describe this yeah. picture without describing the formal elements so, of the whole picture. So if somebody said to me, "This is an Ansel Adams picture," right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd go, yeah, all right, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's it it. This is it, 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 and I think that's what you mean by informal. It's 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 uh, it's taken from a, a valley in the mountains, and and you're looking along the valley, and there's a, a I know a village or a few houses halfway into the frame, and and then you know a, a pointy mountain in the background. Uh, mm. Things that really come out point come out to me are. You know the 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 some of the tones are great because the 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 big mountain in the background is it is clearly behind some layer of haze and that means that it's very similar in in contrast to the clouds so you've got detail in the clouds but uh, around the edges especially in the, on the left hand edge where the mm. forest is you've got you much darker um, and and then of course just just to prove it um, in the very bottom right hand corner there are a small number <laughs> of power lines yeah. Yeah. Actually, you I know mean, what I missed, Rachel? I, I'm glad you pointed those out because I actually missed them the first. Uh, <laughs> see, I thought yeah. you may have not seen them. I, I did thought. not. Let's mention it just in case. You are correct. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tonality as well, like the variety of tones in all those trees that you see. You know, um, you, you can really you got all of the the greys and right down to the very sort of like very dark greys and up to the light as well so it's nice that it doesn't feel just like a block yes. um when you look at that bank of trees which it yeah. could do quite easily you can uh, see a lot of detail yeah it's lovely and i mean the composition is spot on and it is one of those things where if you live somewhere where you have epic mountains and woodlands you do have a bit of an unfair advantage <laughs> also oh my God. i mean it, it's a it's a beautifully exposed shot again, and um, and I really do think that Foma Pan lends itself so well to this kind of image because that silvery tones again, just does that, that kind of glow as you said earlier, Johnny, coming off the highlights, yeah. just really, really looks the business. Um, yeah, very nice, great, great film. It's I, this would probably my favorite kind of. Well, it's not really a new film, but it you know new in terms of what's going on within the market right now that in, in the burger pancro I really love, but um, yeah, it's beautiful stuff. And this image just works that film perfectly. And um, we've got a fed five here. So I'm, you know, obviously we've got it. We have a range finder lens. Um, yeah. And it probably all of that works to the, I just find that that film works so well with, vintage lenses in general like older probably uncoated lens it's mm. just it it all looks exactly like it should look you know yeah yeah and the finding the combinations is the trick with a lot of these things finding a combination that just really works and um, yeah. that's uh, done the job okay we have got two more to go we are oh. nearly there uh, one bright and colorful and the other black and white and the first one is the colorful one this is from our good friend toby van der Velde. Which of Toby's two colorful slide film shots did you pick, Johnny? Uh, loved them both. Picked the vertical with the tree dead center. Um, <laughs> just again, because I'm always going to go towards the more unconventional landscape. I mean, I love the one where it's sort of like the previous image we looked at, where you're walking through the field of uh, barley or grain or whatever, and, and you're sort of lost in that. But I... 
that tree in the distance and the blurry stuff in the foreground and the yellows and all that, it just, uh, the orangey yellow, it just kind of all works together so well. And you, it's like you can't escape that that tree dead center. And it's like the only thing that's sharp also. Um, and it, to me, that just made it all very kind of intriguing. Uh, it's it's like, a, again, a, one of those shots that seems very conventional and formal. And the more you look at it, the more it looks really odd. And I love that. It is, yeah, I like the aspect ratio of it as well. I think it's something mm-hmm. approaching 16 by 9. Or, sorry, yeah. I should say 9 mm-hmm. by 16. Mm-hmm. 9 by 16. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know if Toby shot this just for Instagram. I'm not saying that, Tobe, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, yeah, that, that is an aspect ratio that just really shouldn't work. <laughs> and yet it yeah. does uh, for this. It does yeah. because of the, the subject matter. It just does work. Uh, it is. I I can't. I could probably count on one hand the number of nine by sixteen frame photos that actually work that I've ever seen, um, and this is one <laughs> of them. So uh, yeah, fair play. Yeah, no, it's a lovely shot, and um, I know Toby took a bit of a risk with it because he was shooting uh, on a very old camera with very expired Velvia, which is always asking for trouble, but <laughs> it paid off, um, and, and it's a lovely shot, really lovely yeah. shot. Love the color in it. Mm. Okay, well, last okay. but not least, Graham, who have we got? The last one, and in some ways it's fitting because the last one is from Tony Skokovic, who was the gentleman who sent me his cheap shot entries as postcards, darkroom prints Yay! as postcards. Wow. Uh, Analog so, entries. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic. But he did also email them in as well because I, I asked him to. So, yes, these are both from Tony Skokovic, um, two lovely black and white shots, which I think these were actually, I think these were scanned from the negs, not prints, he said. Um, yeah, two watery shots. Which one was the one you picked from these? Um, it, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at them side by side and I love how the horizon, it, they're almost exactly the opposite. In the first image, mm-hmm. the horizon is the right at the top third. And in the second image, it's at, right at the bottom third. And I, I picked the one with the more sky. So the bottom third. And, it, and again, I sort of like the way the right in the dead middle is this opening and everything else is blocked off. Um, which circling around in a weird way reminds me of the very first image with the gator fence where the fence kind of broke the image right in half. And this one does something similar, but it leaves an opening right in the middle. And I, I thought that was really interesting in a sort of unconventional way. Um, and there's this weird thing happening in the sky as well where there's this little kind of bit of black um, and this little white line next to it. So I, it, it, it's an interesting image overall. Um, I like them both. I just I like... Um, this particular one is a to me was a little more unexpected than the first image that had kind of like the geese in the foreground. Okay. Yeah. No. It's it's, it's a lovely shot. It is a lovely shot. The 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 little bit of black and white you described there, I think, is some kind of artifact. I don't know whether it's been yeah. scratched in camera or or whether it's mm-hmm. a, a developing artifact or something like that. But. Uh, uh it 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 uh yeah it almost makes me think there's some sort of you know it's this it's peaceful idyllic landscape with some sort of imminent ufo arrival yeah <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking too that's what i liked about it i was thinking it looks kind of like if you'd got um a huge print on a billboard and somebody was just tearing a hole from the other side of the billboard and like coming through oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like Could a rip in, in in it you know could be it's very cool i like that yeah very cool <clears throat> okay well i tell you what um uh listeners if you're Oof, still with us wow 
Everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> should we give them a round of applause to say thank you? For I that? think that we was should, amazing. yes, absolutely. Yay, yeah. well done, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, to yes, for listening. Thank you, everybody, even more for the for the contributions to this round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. Uh just because I like to uh do more editing, uh, we're gonna have a short break before we come back with Johnny's considered <laughs> opinions about uh, do we have a winner, Johnny? Is that is there a winner? There is a winner. There is a winner. Okay. Two winners, ideally. Two got, winners. For some reason, we've got this thing of picking two. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I could, I could make it three winners if you want. No, I have make it three two, in my it. final cut. Okay. So. so this is this is yeah. Well, you know, redefining everything as we go. Even even the notion of winning. Right. So we definitely need a break then. <laughs> okay. We will have a break right now. And we're back, and it's time for winners! Winners, winners, winners! Oh, I don't even know. Graham, is there a process? Is there a rule? Is there... What, what, what's going on? Well, I mean, as for a process, there certainly is, because Johnny has come up with... He used the word algorithm, so I'm very excited. <laughs> to hear how that's, that's fighting talk, Johnny. It is. So I'm very, very excited to hear how he has arrived at his decision. But the important thing from our end is that we want Johnny to pick two winners um, because that's the arbitrary number that we've somehow arrived at. And because I was disorganized this time around, um, there will be a prize and the prize will be some random film that I send you two, two or three <laughs> random. It might be home roll stuff. It might well be complete garbage film, but it will be some special film from me. So. A uh, very exciting prize for a couple of lucky winners. So, Johnny, do you want to talk us through how you came to this decision? I will talk you through my completely nonsensical algorithm that I use. To call it an algorithm is an insult to people who make algorithms for a living, so I'm not really <laughs> going to call it an algorithm. Um, so, basically, I sorted. Uh, fortunately, Adobe Bridge only really has uh, zero stars to five stars, so I really only had five levels of choices I could make here. Um, so, um, starting out from everything in the pool, in my first cut, there were 21 images, which is, and here's my algorithm, quote unquote, is the thumbnail interesting? Um, so, you know, uh, Instagram having screwed up everybody's brains about looking at square thumbnails, I just, you know, which, uh, which went through the first pass. Second pass was on close review. Is it still interesting? I had 17 images there. Um, my third pass was, uh, is it both interesting and unusual? And I had five images in that mm -hmm. pool. Um, I had three images in the pool that says, does it break all the rules? Uh, or Ooh. at least the the standard rules of landscape photography, um, and of course the 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 final deciding question was, uh, are there power lines? And we had two. <laughs> <laughs> there are two images that I thought uh, best sort of exemplified this, um, and the first one is uh, P Asau A S S A U's image of the slightly tilted Van Gogh landscape without the crows, but with the power lines. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's okay. the first one. And the, sec the second one, um, probably completely unsurprisingly, is Paul Friday's image of the landscape with 
uh, power lines and sky and foreground and lorries and roads and just a beautiful grainy black and white image that um, I kind of keep coming back to. So those are my two picks for the the winners, the finals. Oh, brilliant. Well, congratulations Woo! to Pete Asal and Paul Friday. Awesome uh, stuff. Yes, absolutely. Well <laughs> done. Well done both. And well done, Johnny, for saying the word lorry. <laughs> I did that yes. just I did it just for you guys. No, no, it did. It, it was noted. It was noted. <laughs> so if both of you gentlemen can drop me an email with your addresses, uh, I will bless you <laughs> with some crappy film. Uh, I will send but sent some, with love. Sent with love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yes, do drop me a line, guys, with your address. Um, Johnny, thank you so much for judging this for us. Um, we were having a conversation during the break uh, because this has gone quite long. Listeners, you you may have noticed this yourself. So what we have decided to do for the sake of anybody still listening and for the sake of Johnny who has actually got stuff to do and um, we've actually got uh, beds to go to individually, not all together. I feel I need to make that very clear. Um, we are going to split out and this is going to be a controversial thing. We're going to split out the host judging duties because it's just gone too long. So we're going to do that another time when we can all get together. And it may be that it's going to be a couple of weeks before we can do that. Um, and at that time, we will launch the next round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. Um, but we're going to get Johnny back to come and uh, cast his very critical eye over our few pictures. Um, and there will be... Three of us with images by that point, won't there? So that's oh, it. Yes, and all of you are going to go out and shoot landscapes with power lines before that, right? <laughs> uh, We've already I'm uploaded like... ours. Yeah. <laughs> mine, mine, and mine are already away at the lab so no that, yeah. that, is, that is it you know, uh, if, uh, just draw them in you just draw them in afterwards. I was going to say we'll just get some masking fluid and, yeah, yeah there you go for, for the yeah. record I, did, I just double checked mine has a power line I know it does. <laughs> yes. I, I only just realised oh, however well let's not go into that now anyway. <laughs> let's, let's not let's not go into that now cause, but, but I was it, just it, about to try and defend mine against Graham's but I was like no it's fine I'm confident yeah, in it all, yeah, I don't you, need you don't need to do that Rach it's fine I've seen them you're fine <laughs> so um yes listeners we will not be doing our host judging this time because we want to let you get on with the rest of your day just as Johnny needs to get on with the rest of his day um Johnny before we wind this up um I, I just it would be rude not to come to this because you know we've we've whilst recording had uh, an email from a gentleman called Simon Foster who um <laughs> said got uh, three qu three quick questions from apparently listeners, loyal listeners to the Classic Lenses podcast, which I'm just going to very quickly ask you, because um, they said uh, both Carl and, and Simon feel duty-bound to pass them on. Uh, a Hugh Jass wrote in to ask, why does Johnny say that a full-frame lens cannot be judged properly until it's been shot with a full-frame Sony digital camera? Uh, do you have an answer to that? No? Nothing there? Okay. Um no, okay, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, Mr. I.P. Freely, Simon, good, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm looking to buy a rare and expensive, super fast half frame lens that's pretty useless until it stopped down to f8. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> uh, that would definitely be the uh, the um, <laughs> that would definitely be the Olympus Pen F 42 millimeter 1.2. Great <laughs> lens at f8. <laughs> perfect and useless finally, on a full frame camera yeah <laughs> full frame digital 
camera, disposable digital camera. <laughs> disposable digital. And finally, and it says, and apologies for the language, a Miss <laughs> Wilma Dickfit uh, <laughs> writes, <laughs> what the beep does Johnny know about landscape photography? <laughs> I know that you need power lines, and I mean, what else is there? I mean, it, you know, it's the perfect element that every landscape photo really needs. You know what you like, well, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Simon. I hope this has uh, given everybody a, a good indication of what they can expect from the Classic Lenses podcast. Uh, <laughs> terrible name voices. Um, uh, I think you that's the best part about this is they will not have any knowledge of everything that was discussed here today for another week. So they won't be able to talk about it tomorrow. And they're going to ask me all kinds of questions about how it went. <laughs> You're going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, well, listeners, uh, if you've lasted this long, thank you. Um, and thank you again to all the people who have contributed to this round of the cheap shots challenge. Uh, it's been our biggest and bestest round to date. Uh, just before we go, um, do you want to tell us, Johnny, where um, people will be able to find you as well? <clears throat> oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram. Most days I've kind of gotten back into my Instagram routine. I'm at Sisson Photography, S-I-S-S-O-N Photography on Instagram. Um, if any of your listeners happen to be in Chicago, I'm at Central Camera Company uh, pretty much every day of the week. Uh, you can find me at the camera and lens sales counter area there. Um, and I am on Facebook at the Classic Lenses Pod, or sorry, at the <laughs> Photography with Classic <laughs> Lenses. I'm on Facebook at the Photography with Classic Lenses on Sony mirrorless cameras. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Simon. Niche. Um, <laughs> Very niche. Yeah. So you, you can find you can find me there cr critiquing and otherwise trolling uh, bokeh photos made with classic lenses most days. Um, and fighting yeah, the good fight. Fighting the fighting the good fight. I am the the film photography curmudgeon in that, that group. So. Okay. But we're very glad to know you're out there, Johnny. I'm I'm trying <laughs> my best. So thank you uh, so much for having. Has been this has been ridiculously fun. <laughs> well, I'm very glad it's been fun for us too. Thank you, thank you for being our, our guest judge. Uh, I, I think, uh, listeners, we have finally, finally made it to the end of this show. Um, email Graham Sunny Sixteen podcast. Yes, Sunny Sixteen podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. Oh, just, just, just Sunny Sixteen audio book at this point. So, all right. So, so yeah. So, listeners, if you think it's been tough to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should experience it on the inside um uh, yeah email graham sunny16podcast at gmail.com uh go see the pictures most importantly at sunny16podcast.com uh and uh we will see you next week and we'll play you out right now as we always do with rachel's band rocker um and you can get their album on spotify itunes and some other places too <sighs> Goodbye. Your needs. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. Bye. We love you.